0: No, rien de rien. No, je
1: ne regrette rien. Machination log for May sixth, twenty sixteen. If it sounds weird that I'm saying machination log, that's because we're rolling all this stuff back into one podcast. God so damn it. I don't have to deal with the bureaucracy undergirding all of this. I apologize for flipping back and forth, but that's just, just the way it's going to hey, be. Hey, no one's more upset about this than I am. Tell us how you feel, Ryan Riley. I, I, I'm upset. Nicole? General.
2: Well, I mean, the machination log on its own was getting a little bit better, so I hope this doesn't, you know, interfere with your vibe.
1: I, yeah. I would hope not. Okay. Well, I mean, I am on both of them, so. Excellent. Theoretically, the vibe shouldn't be too different between well, that, the two. Well, that makes me feel better, then.
2: Well, now we've alleviated all of our problems All
1: right, excellent a, so everyone start. else can just deal with it yeah, I we're guess ready to start anew so this will be I'll probably put this one up on both the machination log and the consumption log <laughs> so that it for the people just as a warning just as a Fuck warning as many people as yeah, possible exactly. no because that way the people on the consumption log get that they're going to need to go over to the machination log and the people on the machination log can hear what they've been missing excellent alright changes are coming I mean, granted, if we draw the Venn diagram on this, I'm almost certain that anyone who listens to the Machination Log listens to the Consumption Log, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, everybody, we got the movie crew in the house. (laughs) What, what? Yep, yep. We're here to discuss Inception. Yes. Christopher Nolan's. I will still, even though I cool on it a little bit after watching it two more times, still probably my favorite Christopher Nolan film. It's probably
2: his most solid film. Yeah. Um, Even though it has problems, I think it Oh, does it, it works better than most of his films?
1: It sure does.
0: It's it's a decent, damn damn decent little flick, and it, it is. I
2: did I did want to note that this 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 fine Christopher Nolan film was nestled in between the the. Batman The beginning barrage. and
1: end of his understanding of how to make films.
2: Yes, yes. So this was, this was like right smack in the middle of that.
1: Yeah, it was Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Inception. Inception was 09. That's more recent than I thought. It apparently came out the same year as The Social Network, uh, which feels way more recent to me than that. Mm-hmm. But, God,
2: time is just flying by. Yeah, it's
1: just weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that worked. Uh, and then The Dark Knight Rises, and I don't care about Nolan now. But... Yeah. Um, he six acted his way out of my heart.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, uh, uh, and movie. then and despite
1: then, Tom Hardy being prominent in that movie, easily the best part of that movie um, as Bane.
2: Well, and then but, and then afterwards he did Interstellar, which yet again was six separate acts that, on their own, there may have been like some good movie, but together there was nothing. Yeah. So.
0: Well, the problem is that it didn't supplant anything or really change anything we understood about, like, sci-fi as well. Yeah, it was
2: was just, like, a bunch of ideas thrown together that didn't work as a whole. Well, and I think that would kind of be,
0: like, the recurring thing we're kind of getting into about Nolan in general here, which is that while his films are are definitely good, uh, and I don't don't think that you could, I mean, except for The Dark Knight Rises, um, (laughs) that you could definitely say they're good films, uh, but I don't think that they are as clever by half as they are attempting to be. Uh, no, I don't think that, that will come up. That in, yeah, is a big problem. And I don't, think that, and of I don't his. think that he is. I don't think he's a revolutionary filmmaker. And, and to be honest, I, I would. I'm having a hard time thinking that he's even like a visionary filmmaker, like someone who's seeing where, where a film can go in the future. Uh, although I do think that Inception is. It's probably of, the
2: closest it's, he it's peak, gets to it's that. Peak Nolan. I, mean, yeah.
0: that's a bit, I, I once again, but I am open to the idea that he might. Uh, eclipse that, that he might uh, surpass Inception as well in the future. I mean, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm eager to see. I will always see the next Nolan feature. I'll be pleasantly
1: surprised if it happens. Yeah, absolutely. But I, the key word there is surprised because he's getting flabby in his movie design.
0: Well, but it's still you've got to like you like looking at, looking at his influence. I mean, if we're just talking general Nolan here, right? Like, does he have a first name? I don't. Uh, no, just Nolan. Christopher. Yeah, sure uh I was mean, just speaking G- about general nolan here uh I mean we kind of we, i mean he did i mean in he, he, he to a certain extent certain sense is responsible for the kind of more adult themed you know movies that we're seeing today i mean once again the Batman's always been that kind of a way, but i mean is he kind of like responsible for this like rash of half serious like humorless fucking superhero movies we've seen in the last ten years?
1: Um, I I would say that he was sort of the beginning and the end of it. He was certainly the apex of it, to my understanding, of of the more commercial superhero films. I mean, Watchmen is bleaker but also was not good. Which so. had, that
2: one had even more problems than a Nolan film. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> there was there was a lot going on there, but I mean, no, he absolutely brought gravitas to it in a way that like Spider-Man and X-Men did not.
0: Well, both of those I think were a little bit they had a like I mean, like you look I mean, Spider-Man like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is positively like like joyful compared to like the Dark Knight trilogy. Sure. Yeah, and you know, seeing things, because I have people who, you know, will, like, defend superhero movies who talk about, you know, Captain America being, you know, these, like, you know, analogies to, you know, modern times and political issues and things like that. And, you know, I always just, you know, laugh at them in their face. But then, you know, at the <laughs> same time, why, why someone can make that argument is because of, you know, Nol- nolan Nolan-ifying, uh superhero
1: movies. Yeah. No, he's, his influence on superheroics is really obvious. and. In no small part, because I think the only other movie that I hear anyone earnestly defend as being a good movie critically within the superhero genre is probably Iron Man. Yes, I mean, other than that, it's The Dark Knight all the way. Right, it's, it's everyone's unanimous choice for that. Right, um, even though re- Batman Begins is arguably I thought we already
2: determined that The Incredibles was the best superhero movie. That's not an a argument that can be had cast.
1: anymore because no one remembers it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are all kids, and they you know. It's tainted by their previous Anyways, well, this
2: is not a superhero (laughs) movie. This is not a superhero movie. It is. is, Okay, so... And this is going to come up a lot because this is most of my talking points on this film. This movie is A, either a heist movie, or B, it is a psychological DiCaprio thriller.
1: Or it's Mm -hmm. a psychological
2: heist movie. Okay, as a heist movie, if I look at this just as a heist movie, I fucking thoroughly enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I would on I Agreed. I um just just a little history this was a movie I saw in the theater at the IMAX in 2009 when yeah. it came out I had not watched it again until last week. Excellent. Um and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it going back to it. Um but I I only really enjoy it as a heist movie. When it becomes a if if I take it down the uh, psyche of Leonardo DiCaprio's character Cobb, the movie starts crumbling the way the dreams do when someone's on. Splatter. Oh, certainly.
1: Well, there's there's I've defended this movie in the past. Jesus, that fan's loud. Never mind. Turn that fan off. Um, I've defended this movie in the past as being remarkably coherent for how complex it is. And I would still defend that. I would defend
2: that it is the most coherent Nolan film as well.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I could go... I don't think I could follow you across that bridge necessarily, but there's... At the, I'd have to think about it. But yeah. but um, as far as taking a concept like the layers of dreams within dreams and the just Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines Inception as... Like, to take even though even though the, the bad writing the more way. the more brutal psychological um elements of it, which we'll get into
2: yeah.
1: are they're as clever as anything Nolan does, which is they um they put on the air of being clever, <laughs> which is the reason I like almost I have a serious love hate of the Dark Knight for that reason okay. because a lot of the messaging in Dark Knight is ham fisted in a completely undeserved way like the everything about the joke, i don't want to keep pulling this into the dark knight but it's i haven't it's, even seen any of those. no but it is kind of it, it is the
0: it is the elephant in the room that you have to kind of contend with here because it's it it, it is it, once again it's it's, a, it's not a it's not a nolan film i mean the strange thing is is that the 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 dark knight trilogy is not a nolan film and yet it it overshadows everything else he's done i mean culturally socially um, you know, it, it's going to be something that I think we have to address. So anytime we bring it back, I don't think we should, we should avoid it because in the end, anyone's like going to be asking us, why didn't we do the dark night? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, why I didn't, didn't do you the dark
1: that? night because everybody talked it to death. And I think it's overrated for reasons that are boring to talk about. Right. Like the fact that Heath Ledger in combination, like, yes, the Joker was really good. Um, aside from all the parts where he interacted with the world. Mm hmm. But again, the alpha, and this is the problem. I'll fall in that rabbit hole and it's a boring argument because it's it's a largely emotional one on both sides. Right. But it's just, uh, I like Inception because it, like I said, it's remarkably coherent for covering a topic that is so sci-fi heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, frankly, as elegant a way as it can. I, I think the movie, I mean, I, there were a lot of people who were not necessarily complaining but joking about how complicated the levels are, but I didn't
2: I, find that part complicated at all.
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like they do a very good job setting that I, up in the I, first hour.
2: I did I did too. And that's why I said like as a as a corporate secret heist movie in which your secret esp- espionage method is infiltrating dreams. I think it was a great movie. I didn't find it hard to follow on that respect. And I thought it was actually very Clever as <laughs> well, as heist movies go, well, um, yeah, I didn't have any trouble with the layering at all, and I thought that they handled it in such well, a way th- that I it think wasn't confusing.
1: It, well, not I think they very well could have failed to do that, and I think they did a good job setting it I up. I do too. Well, I mean, it's not. It's
0: like Legos, you know. They're like I don't understand what's complex about it. You go to briefcase sleep, briefcase sleep, uh, and you need the little kickiness to wake up from a dream. I mean, it's, and the other thing that's well, cool about it is that it's got a relatability to it, right? Like I think we've all kind well, of had those little like dreamy type moments. No, that's there, that's what but makes it, becomes it work. It's like the Legos literal. where you can stock them on top of each other, and then you just got to co- coordinate the kicks. Like,
1: well, but but what's getting, complex about this. No, there. That's the thing. There are a lot of. There's a lot in it that they uh, Nolan relies on the literalism of the way that we talk about dreams to uh, work around some of the quirks. The architect thing mm-hmm. is complicated.
2: Okay, that, that was actually the thing that resonated with me the most after seeing the movie the very first time in the theater, because... I thought that that was a brilliant idea because I started thinking about that in my dreams, and I'm not going to go into my dreams because they're boring, and I wake myself up out of them because I'm like, what am I even doing here? <laughs> but Nicole's
1: doing taxes in her dreams. Yeah,
2: so. that's it's yeah. about on par to yeah. that. Or
1: talking to people uh, about things that you want to tell them and cool. then forgetting to but, tell them. But it what happened. I'm talking about
2: on a on a, on a On a geographical plane, though, in my dreams, I started realizing that they do work in a closed maze system. Like you kind of go around your little area and you can't really get out of them. So I thought that that was a really ingenious way of like showing the closed system of a dream by having an architect basically build a maze because I started realizing that that. The geography of dreams is structured as such. After I had originally watched this movie,
0: no, it, but but the, the the way that I think once again the why Nolan movie why Nolan films are very good and I like I said I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna defend this film like it needs defending um, to people. I mean this is a I mean this is a li- well liked film. I mean when I when I talk to people part, yeah. about this I don't. It's I really like don't find people eight, that like fuck eight, that movie. That eight movie's point
2: something on a ten point scale yeah. for most of the reviews I've seen. Well, and it and it is it is it,
0: it's it's cl- it's clever and it's very very uh, yeah. relatable. I mean, we all dream. I mean, I, I I know I dream, even though I have not remembered a dream in about thirty some odd years or so. But like I I I do know that I dream, and at the same time, I think that grounding it in a heist film is a kind of cool way to do this, right? Because heist films are very, very neat, right? You have the ob- uh, objective, right? We need to get something. And then we
1: have the conditions of what we're up
0: against. And, and, and mind, then you, uh, the,
1: the MacGuffin. Yeah. Also a fantastic element of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. That is bu- the, the MacGuffin is not a briefcase. Yeah. It is actually constructed by the characters. Yes,
0: exactly. And that we we inhabit the world in which we're trying to, to relate to. And it also allows the kind of... You know, which the next part of the of the final, of course, part of the heist film is the heist itself, right? So you've got the setup and the heist and then the resolution afterwards. And, of course, there's always kind of twists that go along along those ways. But... In the end, you know, he's kind of taken a very similar, very established, well-established uh, Hollywood tradition of the heist film. You think of Ocean's Eleven, um, the score. I mean, hell, there's a The Sting by, by yeah. with um, with uh, uh, the Italian Newman, job. The Italian Job. I mean, this is kind of a, a well, also starring Michael Caine. Yeah, no, this is, but this is a great subgenre of film. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some great films. And this is mm-hmm.
2: a very clever take on that subgenre. Well, and it's
0: also hilarious too, because it is in a sense not stealing anything. You are incepting yeah. something, or you're actually pu- yeah. wanting to. pull Plant something in where you're trying to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's,
0: it's just a very cool way. But then the fact is is that it also becomes a sense that what you're stealing, the idea of it of, of something having value. And I I want to kind of get I don't I, I shouldn't deal with this shit right now. But the idea of having of something with value that they're looking at here, I think is a missed a little bit of a missed opportunity to to a larger sense. And I'll get back to that later. But it's just. The ideas within it, and even them setting things up, because the plan they're having to work out is not the same mundanity of, like, oh, how do we get around, like, a security camera or the thermal sensors? No, like, one of the core problems is is how do we incept something believable to someone? Right? They're, like, talking about, like,
2: and and get them to own the idea, like, they came Mm -hmm. up with it. And it's a cool little insight
0: the idea of, like, positive emotion trumps negative emotion to a certain extent. Like, it's a very, the, 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 the way that they talk about the going about their goal and the solutions they're coming to, I think, are more fascinating and more developed. And I got to tell you, apparently, when he was writing Memento, one of his best movies uh, we have yet to mention yet. Um, but well, that's where
1: it all started. I was, I was waiting uh, to, to see how long
0: fucking, fucking, it was going yeah, to take. It's a great fucking movie. To me, it's his second best movie. But um, uh, this is. Uh, but th- it, he had apparently begun writing this movie while working on Memento, and it took. I could see uh, it taking someone ten years. To hash out all of the little intricacies of this film, not least of which is the idea of setting up the world of the architect and the, and the populator. And uh, this, is, this is some well, well constructed shit. And I just want to rate this point now just because it has to be stated so boldly. that <laughs> This is a $150 million movie and it was wholly original. In the last 20 years, Hollywood has just been recycling the same old hash and bullshit. And Americans have been spoon-feeding it to themselves over and over and over again. But I think maybe we've got to give the viewing audience a little bit of credit when you see something that's kind of, you know, boldly original. In the same way that this is, you know, a certain generation's matrix to to a large extent. That this is a movie that was... Used that had visual stylings, a plot set up, a, a metaphysical criti- idea that was wholly unique and original. And I don't think that we had necessarily seen something, and where someone had taken this large of a risk to accomplish this. It's really, really cool to see. And, and I think it's, it's a – once again, yeah. I mean, this, this is we got to give it to Nolan on this. I mean, really, it's, really it's, well done. I
2: mean, it's tight on, I like, like I said, uh, you know, thematically, it's, it's. It was, like, really original. That's, like, what I took back when I rewatched it again. I was, like, it was really enjoyable because it was very original. original. Um, the casting I thought was great. Yes. Like, I loved the whole cast of this film. Um, and unlike moment, uh, unlike Memento, which, you know, you have to kind of put together to find the holes in this. Like, if you just go through it, it doesn't. It, it has the least holes, I think, out of all of it's the movies. It's a knock and movie. It, yeah, it really is. It's a
0: popcorn movie. Yeah. And it's also a great you know, it's, it's a great concept. Yeah. It's it's the conceptual. It's a really it's good, good really film. Cool. Like, it's and it, but it's it's also to me one of the most frustrating films, which we'll get to later. Oh sure, no, yeah, we yeah. will.
1: Let's dive into this thing. Let's okay. do some chronology here. Uh, it begins with uh, the music. I have joked that this um, <laughs> that this is the Bwah. easiest that this is the easiest check that Hans Zimmer has ever cashed. Uh, Mitchell actually, uh, informed me that that's not the case because apparently Hans Zimmer produced the music for a movie where he just picked, um, other people's music for the soundtrack. Um, but, um, but no, uh, we get DiCaprio washed up on a beach and he runs into, in a flashback scene that, um, inspired a massive number of the random little theories that run around in this movie that yes. I don't care about at all, which we'll get back to that as well once we get farther in. Uh, but we run into uh, Ken Watanabe, I think is his yes, name. Yes,
2: Sato. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah. Uh, once again, another great actor as yes. well.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, he, uh, his. if you do not know who he is, see some of the other previous movies he's been in. An
1: excellent, excellent actor. Yeah. He's, he's good at playing the, uh, the demure and taciturn. As as he is here, he speaks uh, not often, let's say. Uh, He speaks as often as he needs to economically. Um, He wakes up. So we go into the pitch. And the pitch is essentially uh, the the introduction to the dream sequence because we're not entirely sure why. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, we don't really know what's going on. It zooms to young Ken. Mm Mm-hmm. Being convinced in a routine that he is in a dream and that he needs to trust Leo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. Uh, so Dom and Arthur are two uh, are two protagonists at the moment, um, and this is all part of a pitch. I don't. I don't want to lay out point for point exactly what's happening. We so I, I'll all go. In. Yeah. It'll, afternoon. It'll take a long, long time because there is a lot that happens in the movie. But essentially, they are trying to extract information out of Saito... In order to get hired on for a job, which they're not entirely aware of, but they they demonstrate that a dream can occur within a dream. And throughout this whole sequence, aside from being as aesthetically flourishy as the rest of the movie continues to be, um, this this sequence hits fast and hard with the mechanics mm-hmm. of the movie. They um, Mal is brought up. Almost everything about this movie happens in the first scene. In well, some capacity. everything
2: that's like. The first, you know, the the first two scenes, which is basically Leo washing up on the beach and seeing the kids off and then cut to him and Saito in the building where they're discussing yeah. that, you know, the, the situation like there's there's so much. That's really dependent on the rest of the film and those scenes. But the thing is, you don't realize that till you get to the end of the film if you haven't watched it yet. Like yeah. You don't realize how critical mm-hmm. like these first two major scenes are.
1: But by touching them all at the time, it gives you some degree of familiarity. They bring up the fact that pain is real even though you can die to get out of a dream. They bring up the idea of extraction. They bring up... The fact that the outside world is queuing the environment within the world, They're, they bring up the fact that the subconscious mind of the person who is dreaming, as opposed to the architect, is populating it. Like it's all there. Yeah, that you might not
0: be in total control of the subconscious that's within you as well in yeah. the conflict. And, you may, and of course, you're introduced to the idea that there can be, of course, some kind of like lingering. Uh, subconscious baggage that people can bring into these are also, also. And
2: we, we are also brought in to our initial layering concept in which you can have a dream within a dream because mm-hmm. then third scene cuts out. We see all of our guys connected to the briefcase in our joint dream, yeah. and we further find out that that is even a dream because these people are actually all... On an airplane, mm-hmm. or no, no, they're not this, an air, they're they're on an airplane. They're on a train, a train at, yeah. at first, yeah. yeah.
1: And then they they book it like yeah. the thieves so, they are.
2: So so he does a great job of building all these elements in the like very first two to three <laughs> scenes. Yeah, um, even if you don't understand how integral they are going into it, and, like on the first viewing.
1: And I appreciate how. I mean, some of the lines are a little hammy, but for the most part, they stay in context in a way that I really like. Like when Arthur sees Mal the first time, he just says, what is she doing here? Mm -hmm. He makes no comment about who she is. Like we don't establish that she's actually like, super important at that moment and no one talks about her that way And it doesn't feel like it's informing the audience right. until the next couple of scenes when it actually becomes the training where they're explaining to ariadne who is basically our luke skywalker for the film yes um but um but so uh sato is impressed um and we get back up to the reality layer where things happen exactly as frequently and jump cutty as they do in the dream, if not more so, because time passes. Which I really like is it, it, if we're going to complain about any of the concepts in this movie being heady beyond Nolan's capacities, I think the fact that most of the most dream-like sequences happen in the reality layer is really good.
2: I also, I also like. I, I liked the fact that even though a lot of this movie takes place in dream layers, it wasn't, like, all, like, flowy and weird and, like... Ethereal. Yeah, I mean, they were they were still based in what is, you know, because you're not supposed to use memories. So on stuff that looks like reality, even though the effects can be changed on it. And I liked that because that was another thing that I thought he hit really well on real dreams because, like... My dreams aren't floaty and ethereal. I'm in like a real place mm-hmm. with a real house, having to do real weird. shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that it's it's off, but it's not uh, like it's not it's not weird. It's not like some weird fantasy fucking world, you well,
1: know. Well, and most of the uh, most of the complaints that I heard about Inception were people that were complaining that Nolan didn't take the concept far enough, that he didn't make it. More esoteric and I really do think that would have hurt the film. I think
2: it would have well, because like I said, I, I liked the fact that it was grounded in in a in a reality not like a reality base, but in the fact like I said, that it wasn't all. It doesn't like, push fantasy. on the boundaries
0: too much. Yeah. Well, like there's the one thing you can kind of compare this to to see or, or like where that idea of taking the 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 main concept and having it go into those kind of unrealistic world is like existence. Uh, with uh, the David Cronenberg film, I don't uh, know if I've goes, seen that one. That goes heard mixed
2: reviews about it. Yeah. Oh
0: no, it's 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 this <laughs> it's Cronenberg film, so you know there's uh, <laughs> it's not it's not you know your, our parents aren't running off to see the next Cronenberg film, you know. So, uh, but the thing is, is that that one does have this kind of like hyper reality thing to it, and mm-hmm. the problem is, is that when you do that, no matter what someone's suspension of disbelief is, you know they know it's fake. And the thing is, is that I think this movie uh, rather to its discredit as well, kind of plays with the borders and boundaries of this of dreams and reality to a certain extent. I mean, it would have been, it would have helped the film to a certain extent to make it a little bit clearer, the, spe- the specificity of when someone is dreaming or not. But at the same time, he does want to kind of play with the suspicion and the kind of tension of not knowing or, or understanding or feeling when dreams are happening or when they're not. And the tough thing is, is that you've got you to understand like, from like a narrative perspective, you've got flash-forwards, flashbacks, dreams. I mean, we're used to, in films, um, you know, taking ourselves out of the normal linear rea- uh, reality we experience in our day-to-day lives, right? We're more accepting of the fact that we can see a film in linear time and understand that one scene that follows another could occur at the same time in that world. And yet this film both has flash-forwards, it has flashbacks, it has dream sequences, it's got fucking dreams within dreams... I mean, this film just is bouncing all over the place. And, I mean, it really is done with such a deft touch. And this is, I think, what to kind of come back to is that... But it know, still
2: moves in a linear fashion.
0: Yes, it, it it's which all I in think, service to yeah, the goal. And that's where the heist mechanic becomes so essential. Because without, without this bit thing being fucking grounded, I mean, you could just... Once again, much like the fear of going d- deep within layers of dreams, you could get fucking lost very, very easily without the kind of grounding... Like you said, MacGuffin or need yeah. or, or purpose that's driving this forward. It's kind of weird you call it a MacGuffin.
1: I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily the no, case. No, no, but. no, no. I, I think it very much. I mean, it. That uh, we'll get back to that. Yeah. That's, okay. Uh, the reason it's a MacGuffin is fun. I think it's. I think it's what makes it an anti heist movie. Okay. Is the way the MacGuffin is used. Okay. Um. Which we're uh, which we're on the verge of. Uh, once uh, Once Dom gets back to his hotel or wherever the hell he's living, he spins Mal's totem. To make sure that he's in reality. Yes. Um, and uh, it falls over like yeah. it's supposed to, which indicates that it's which reality. Which
2: indicates reality. Yes. So Even though it's is, not his totem. Yeah, yeah, That that's mm, another little hang up there. But yeah, so anyways, yeah, our totem issue is, is basically, you know, that's supposed to establish reality. So after we get out of our dream sequence with Saito, we are... Supposed to believe that we are now in the real world. And we
1: should. Because if you don't... I Nicole, you look like you have something to say about this. I
2: I do have, like, kind of a weird wrap-up on this, but I don't know if we want to tackle it yet because we haven't gotten to the key scene that really throws everything off the edge. Well, we'll
1: wait. Um, um, So Saito propositions them... Yes. ...and asks if Inception is possible. And we get the very classic, I'm done with this shit... um, but for one last job, like, and that's, this is the quintessential well, part that makes this a heist movie. Yeah, yeah. We and got, a heist so, movie. Is that scene. So
2: Cobb, the DiCaprio character, you know, he gets the one big job that he can't refuse because, yeah. like, this will be the last one. And we all know that that's how these things all get set up.
1: Assemble the team.
2: Yes. So now we've <laughs> got, yeah, so now we've got about, you know, an hour and a half of preparing for DiCaprio's this six. job. And, um... This part was really enjoyable. Like, yeah. the whole buildup, like I said, the whole crafting of how they're going to layer this job, like, really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed all of that.
1: To cap, the, uh, to cap the initial proposition, I really like Ken's lines when he's, um, he, he cannot make a guarantee. Like, DiCaprio literally asks him, I need a guarantee because everyone thinks that DiCaprio killed his wife. Mal. Like that's the whole reason he can't get back in the States to see his kids. Um, and Ken being the ethereally infinitely powerful magistrate of whatever the hell business he's in, which is a combination of energy and some of everything technology. Yes. A technology man. Um, he can't he he doesn't uh, forget what the exact line is but it's oh no 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 it's uh, He's like can DiCaprio I- says I if I were to do this if, if I even could do it I'd need a guarantee
0: How do I know you can deliver You don't But I can So Do you want to take a leap of faith
1: or become an old man
2: filled with regret waiting to die alone
1: so he now assembles the team. He runs into uh, Dom. Goes and meets with his father. To uh, and we learn that Michael Caine. Yes. Uh, okay. Dom's well, it's his,
2: it's his father in law.
1: It's Mal's father. Yeah. It's
2: Mal's father. Okay. Sure. And now, I don't know how far off the railroad we want to get. This is the scene that screws up everything for mm. me because if this whole movie is really taking place in Cobb's head, like the whole movie is just reconciling DiCaprio's psyche. yeah, It's it, it's that scene that throws it off where I can't determine whether and I read a really interesting review of this movie on um, let me ch- uh, check my references on Cinema Blend by Mike Reyes and what they did is they looked through the script. They didn't watch the movie but they went line by line to the script to try to determine if this movie is completely in Cobb's head or if we do are in a level of reality. And I guess there were lines cut out of the Michael Caine DiCaprio meeting um, that, that make it look like it was maybe originally leaning towards the fact that it was supposed to be completely in DiCaprio's head. But I think that when you get to the end of it, it doesn't it doesn't work. I,
1: I think there are multiple reasons to believe that that's not the case. I put these on the uh, forum at actualgarbage.net, yes, which you yes, can we've been totally discussing. participate in. But it's I, I, I don't like almost any of the fan theories in this that don't just add flavor to it. I'm okay with the wedding band idea that that's actually supposed to be, um, if not a totem of Dom's, it, like his wedding band is only on in the dream sequences. And that seems... That seems like a perfectly even if that was not intentional for him the idea that he is locked to his wife and yeah. during dream like that that's fine but the idea that this is all someone else's dream too many characters have genuine discoveries that don't make any sense now, if they're in his head actually, Ariadne in particular Yeah and
2: I actually and, and like I said if if that was the case I actually don't like the film as much because yeah. I, what I what I like about the movie is that it's an ingenious heist movie so I'm I'm trying to just push all of this this other fan theory shit aside because I think it downgrades it, the film. It
1: doesn't help. No. It doesn't improve the concept to believe that Cobol Engineering has him under for some reason, or that he's trying to like break himself within this. Like it just doesn't. It adds nothing. Yeah. Do you guys know what a nit is? Yeah.
0: A nit is the egg of a fucking um, lice. Yes. And this and all this fucking bullshit fan theory nonsense is nitpicking. It is going through and finding little disgusting, boring tidbits through this film that ultimately, and this is probably one of the greatest critiques about this Nolan thing, is that it is so vague and not clarified. Now, once again, I think we have, if we're going to contrast but these it's two not films.
2: that. Vague?
0: <laughs> well, well, no, well then it's ambiguous. ambiguous It's not in, vague. In okay, the ambiguous. Yeah, it's Thank, ambiguous. Okay, ambiguous. Yes, maybe that's the best word for it. Thank you. But the idea is, is that if we're link like linking these two films together, right? We just did 2001. Now we're doing Inception. The artistic use of ambiguity here, ambiguity here, is to be perfectly frank, fucking terrible. I got to be honest with you. This is why this movie <laughs> drops down from a from a potential four to four point five film to a three and a half star movie for me. Um, I do not. Th- to inspire this, I mean, it's a good business decision, right? To keep people coming back, they'll buy the movie, you know, get a bunch of internet articles written about you, you know, like, was the beginning a dream? Was the middle a dream? Was the one where he goes to fucking Somalia, but then, you know, isn't able to get his totem before it f- spills over? Like, all this fucking hashy horse shit thing? Like, none of it fucking matters, because in the end, if it is a dream or if it it's not a dream... What is, the, what is the movie saying with that? Like, do you see what I mean? Like, people get so caught up in the fact that they're going to solve the movie by figuring whether it was a dream or not a dream. You can't
2: solve the movie because exactly. Nolan Nolan would have had the goddamn totem drop at the end if he wanted you to know which way to go. And because he didn't, we're never going to know what the hell was in Nolan's head when he was writing So, okay, this.
0: so once again, what's the point of the ambiguity then? What is the artistic reason for it? And this is the problem, which is that when you make something it's like a Nolan this... Nolan problem? No, this is, I mean, it's the same thing, right? What is the ending, what does the ending of 2001 mean? The whole, the, the beauty of that fucking movie is that it contains so much, and it has a larger point and purpose within the scope of the story, right? There's a reason it starts from the dawn of man, moves to the space age, and ends with the star child. There's a reason for it doing that. My argument would be, as we get, wind our way through this fucking labyrinthine plot and this so-called psychological nonsense fucking thing of a movie, is that that's not the mist. This isn't a mystery film. Like, then more importantly, when people are nitpicking their way through the plot, thinking that they've solved this fucker about when the dream started and why it's a dream and whether or not it's a dream, like, wh- what is the point, right? What is, no- what is Nolan saying with it being all a dream? What is Nolan saying with it being not a dream? They can't answer that. They have no fucking larger conception of what this film actually... and the larger themes it deals with. Because, as I would argue... I don't think Nolan exactly has a larger point to make about this film as well. I think his point is more exceedingly simple than we give it credit for, and this is kind of the larger idea that I'm getting at. This is a this is a simple I- idea or a simple philosophical or moral statement about something done in an, an exceedingly complex
1: way.
2: I don't. I don't know. That, I don't know if I, I buy that. The
1: the ambiguities in the movie, I think, are blown out of proportion for. I don't want to give Nolan too much credit because he shows too many instances of not actually knowing how to talk intelligently about things in his other movies, but I think that most of the ambiguities in this movie, as we'll get to in the uh, the Mombasa scene when he recruits Eames or Tom Hardy... Are we there? Because that's where I thought we were that's, heading. That is, we're, all, we're, that is, almost, we're assembling the team. Well, we're, actually, we're yeah, yeah, we're let's, let's just call it... This is DiCaprio's 6. We're getting the team together. Yeah, okay. All of that's those scenes, up, let's just talk here, about yeah. all those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mombasa... Feels ridiculous. He is chased by some anonymous shirts through, uh, you know... Uh, and Sato Kenyon
2: just happens to be there to Kenyon, rescue Urbana. him. Kenyon,
1: Urbana, he happens to be there. All of this ridiculousness happens. And, yes, that makes it a little weird. It makes you question whether or not it's a dream. Um but I like that. I I think that works just fine. Tom
2: Hardy, like no character could be that. He's so slick. Like he almost doesn't seem real. Yeah. Which, which is great, though. I absolutely love it. Like he, he comes in and he is fucking color. Like he represents imagination, which he thinks the whole rest of the team is lacking, anyways. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and the thing is, though, that I mean, but from a from a movie mechanic standpoint. You we you had entered a lull in the dramatic tension of the film anyway. I mean that's why Nolan sp- puts that chase scene in there. Yeah, and it's got. But by the way, it's got one of my favorite mechanics of the ever narrowing. Uh, the uh, alleyway. Yeah. Great fucking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once again, I love Nolan. Don't get me wrong. The great fucking scene of him
2: I'm just getting out, like mm. really, really great. But. That's I also a... I love I love chase scenes through foreign marketplaces. <laughs> That's like just a action movie thing that mm. I I enjoy watching. Yes.
0: There's plenty of it. So, but like once again,
2: I think I mean that
0: scene has its purpose in the in the larger mechanics of the film. When you when once again we kind of rem- needed to be reminded that there are some stakes going on here other than the stakes in the dream world yeah no, there's and, p- there's a pacing
1: issue to be addressed yeah that's and that's, that's what, I think, what that's there and for. that's
0: what the, exactly and once again, like the idea that it once it contains some sort of secret into the larger role of the film I just don't think is there no but that and, that's
1: I guess the question I want to ask then are you are you yelling at Nolan or the fans here I, both I think
0: that okay. nolan nolan fucking precipit you know, allow this behavior to kind of come about by not fucking having a larger sense in it. And to a certain and to a certain extent, I'm not sure that he's able to weave together once again, that's why I don't think he's a visionary filmmaker. I do think he's a step down from being an auteur or one of the great filmmakers of our time. No, absolutely not. (laughs) And I think that the larger scope of what we're getting at here. Okay, so for example. One of the team members is Ariadne, right now. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, she I'm, is the architect.
0: Yeah, and I am not a great—I'm not a fucking expert in Greek mythology, but I know that Ariadne was, of course, the um, uh, the daughter of the king who uh, controlled the Minotaur. And they, the in, in Greek mythology, they had to sacrifice people um, into the uh, the labyrinth uh, and sacrifice them to the Minotaur. And she falls in love with—I think it's Theseus. Who is uh, one of these, uh, the prince of one of these kingdoms that offers these sacrifices? She gives him the fucking sword and the ball of string so he can wind his way through, kill the Minotaur, and find his way out again.
1: I'm going to call bullshit on you knowing something about Greek mythology.
0: Uh, I'm actually not, uh, due to my fascination with uh, existentialism and Camus in general, I had a little bit more of a larger appreciation for Greek mythology. Yeah, I did um, not know
2: that backstory. Uh,
0: but I did know, I did, when I, when I, it took me. Okay, I'll be honest. With you, I didn't figure it out in the theater, but I knew the story of the Minotaur, and uh, I'm a big. Uh, and uh, when I realized that that was Ariadne's name, but okay, not this isn't about me. This is about the fact that what the fuck is the point of naming her Ariadne? Right? Is this just like a check? Like, is this something that people can just put in the trivia section of IMDb? Yes. Okay, that's absolutely ridiculous. Then, what then it, is. it is pointless. Yeah. Okay, good, because that's what I'm trying to get here. Is that the larger? Points the larger segments that uh, the parts. This film is not greater than the sum of its parts. It is exactly equal to the sum of its parts. And the problem is, is that once again, is he saying some sort of larger nature about how we need love, and Ariadne represents this love, and can find our way through the larger maze of unknowing in our lives, and you know all, well, all that, of this shit. Okay. Like there's nothing here that clues us into this. It's just. A little like, here's for the fucking that's you know, the Oxford other, set. The
2: goofy thing with Ariadne, too, is it's like all these people are already immersed in this dream technology. She's the newcomer here, but for some reason she is, like, the only one that is aware that there are problems with sending DiCaprio down into the dreams because of his, like, why, like, I, I, I get a little caught up on how, you know, like, what a soothsayer she ends up being when she's the one foreign to this technology, but yet she's like the only one aware of the dangers. Well, no, but yeah, well,
1: it's, it's that fresh perspective.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, you do, I guess if you did something risky over time, you'd kind of get like, like numb
2: to it. Yeah. It's why like, are
0: you fucking mountain? Well, climbing it's like the mountain? Gordon
2: Levitt character, Arthur, you know, he's just kind of like, oh, God, it's this again, where it's like she sees Maul and she's like, this is a serious problem. We need to get the fuck out. And everyone else is just like, ah, whatever. That's yeah. just his yeah, issue. you think this is?
1: bad you know yeah (laughs) this is in control i'd hate to see out of control yeah
0: (laughs) so it's it's strange another
1: day at the office
0: but once again it's like like i there's a certain triviality to this thing and i think he uh,
2: that's why if you just look at it as a heist film it works perfectly because you just then you just ignore all of the little holes like i said i can enjoy the film if i Look at it. You shouldn't. The point
0: is, is you shouldn't have to ignore. Like, it's not my job to force myself to ignore that. You know, like a proper director will fucking steer you towards the larger point they're trying to make, or the to to set you. You know, like build your momentum to fucking set you off and to think about the film in the right way, right? The way he's intending you to think about it. And the whole point of it is that I don't think I don't think, think, he's, I don't he's think not Nolan's
2: capable of that. Well, once though. again,
0: clamp clamp this thing down and make it a fucking heist where we can enjoy the idea that we followed this guy through. Through, he got through the fucking journey. He got the heist completed. He gets his reward. Like, take us there and drop us off there, which he does. But then, but then he leaves it open it's fucking, ended. Fucking, it's. But once again, it, it's it's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. I have to, to arrest. No point.
1: I have to arrest this again. I I'm not. I, I'm not seeing the ambiguity you're seeing.
0: The, uh, the wobble. The,
1: the, the Are end. we talking about the very end of the
0: movie? I mean, oh yeah, the larger sense. Like the, yes. like the,
1: the 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 very last scene. Yeah, the well, cut, yeah. it wobbles. Yes, but that, once again,
0: why, why, why not? Why have, it, why have it continue to go? At, why- but why not just have it drop so that we
2: know where we stand at we the end?
1: We know it's going to drop because it wobbles.
2: We don't know that, though, because we don't, don't see, see it. it. That's what he deliberately leaves that ambiguity, which is why I get irritated and why I start spiraling off into maybe this is just the whole movie is DiCaprio's dream because he leaves you open-ended like that, and it's frustrating.
1: I don't know. I, that seemed like the right I way saw to it, it. I
2: was enjoying my whole... I was enjoying my whole viewing this is of, of this. Is
1: end in all capitals on
0: Nicole's And then at the end... Here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was enjoying the whole movie, and then when I get to the end, I get so frustrated that he leaves that ambiguity there because I think he ruins it.
0: Why? Why do <laughs> if that? It, okay,
2: yeah. If it's, it wasn't real then the whole movie is just an elaborate setup to reconcile Cobb's memories. Right. And that's a shitty movie. All
1: right. I'm going to take <sighs> 10 seconds to imagine the final scene again, except, <laughs> except the totem falls.
2: and It is I, a no, perfect hang movie. Hang on, hang on. No,
1: I'm, j- I'm just going to imagine it in my head to see if it makes, like, <laughs> cinematic
2: sense. This is cinem- the most heated sense. movie we've had in a while. All
1: right. He spins the top, sees his kids, ignores the top because it doesn't matter anymore, runs off. The top's there, and then it falls. That's too quaint.
0: No, it's even it's better. Perfect. The, okay, the, the larger, larger overall scope is that the idea being that in the end it doesn't matter, right? This is the reality that Cobb's chosen, which I think is the most artful way to think about this thing. If that's the case, then why not follow Cobb? Why not follow him to go with his children? Why le- once again? The end scene, Nolan's telling us the totem's important. That's why it's the last fucking vision in this thing. If it isn't important, if it doesn't matter if it falls or if it doesn't, then why look at it's? It's... oh
1: no, 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 so no, no, no. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I think I've got it. It doesn't matter. That's why it doesn't show it. No, he ma- it matters because it's there. It
0: should have left the screen and it should have, once again... But it
2: matters the whole time throughout the movie, so why wouldn't it matter? Well,
0: he, r- he rides off into the sunset at the end of the movie. Then you, but we'd never see the sunset. It, it's like... Sure it's like- you do. You see the kids' faces. No, no, the last vision, the last image that fucking movie leaves you with is the question of whether that top will wa- fall when it
1: wobbles. And it's so irrelevant, they don't show then it to you.
0: Then why is this, why are we
1: debating this? It's not irrelevant, it's the whole, it's the... No, it's what that, no, the whole
2: movie for me, cause, actually. Because that
1: makes it unambiguous. The, the ambiguity is irrelevant. Then why show it? Because it's a much more interesting shot... Than him with his kids, but what's the point of doing
0: it with the interest? Though you're 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 just assuming that everyone agrees with your interpretation that it's like that. Uh, well, he showed it. He showed us something meaningless to enforce it, that it was meaningless. No, and that doesn't make any no, sense. No, no,
1: we know that Dom doesn't care about it. That's why he abandoned it.
2: Because he got what he wanted, which means he doesn't give a shit whether it's real He's left or not, not behind. real.
1: He's left the dream thing behind. That's what the totem represents. And who are
0: we supposed to go with? I mean, that's the we're the audience here. Like we're we're the ones that matter in this fucking film. Like tell us where we're going with this. And he doesn't. He's like just like have fun, fuck off. You know, like he just built. He he basically jumps off. Like Nolan basically left the last scene too. And he's like, yeah, you know, here's the top. This is. This is the last image of this film. It's going to wobble, and I'm going to leave you. Do you remember seeing this in the theater? I do remember fucking that last scene. remember being so
2: frustrated, like
0: the like the the (laughs) angst and frustration. You're just and rewatching
2: it. I hated the last scene too because the very last scene when he gets off in customs. The fact that Michael Caine's there, I have a problem with geographically and time wise. (laughs) And it is the most dreamlike sequence in the whole. Goddamn film, the way he's like, and I was like, so that's why, that's why this whole Leonardo Psyche thing, like, he leaves it open at the end, and you get through this beautiful movie, and then it's like right at the end, he throws this weird ambiguity at you and like screws you over because the end sequence that's supposedly real, like, supposedly the job's done and they're out of the dreams all of a sudden now we've got the dreamiest sequence out of the whole goddamn oh, it's, thing oh it's infuriating i would And how fu- and if Michael Caine teaches he's a professor that teaches in Paris and he's like waiting for him in Los <laughs> Angeles all of a sudden like right when this wraps up i i No there's been
1: there's been plenty of time for him to end up there i, I there's been months. That's not the weakest part of the ending. I'll tell you that goddamn. I'm much just for saying sure. that it,
2: like, it it triggers like a the slew of 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 why and and, and I I hate I hate divest like divulging into this all, all like anyways because I just want all I want is confirmation that it's real. The heist worked and we're good. Well, once like, again, it would have w- been perfect.
0: I wouldn't be once again. I I love the Star Child ending. To 2001, the intended ambiguity has lo- has has a purpose moving through well, it because we're dealing with you- large
2: concepts. Yeah. There,
0: this film has very large concepts dealt with them um, with them um, in a minor way that leaves you ambi- Leaves leaves its point am- am- ambiguous for what reason? Like there maybe is
2: that's why Nolan isn't a spectacular director. For fucking
0: you know like well no like for the fucking I think he I think he. I could see is he Nolan fucking with you. T- I think he could see two endings, and I think the idea that he that having the wobble and the cutting to black and everyone in the theater like he wanted that film that moment, and I don't. Is that unfair? I think it is. I think it's. To- I think it toys with people, and and and, and I think it fucking because basically what it says is is that I'm. I'll wash my hands of it. You can go and figure out what you need to do, and I'm. I think that's horseshit. I think that is the most lame fucking thing because what it tells me is that once again. You know, my point is, is that in order to demonstrate, like, genius, like, yeah, come, lame. Yeah, lameness. <laughs> I think it is. I think this is fucking <laughs> wrote, and I wrote it on it on that in, in, note in my
2: friend. notes no, while is, I was it watching lame. it. It is
0: lame in, this, in, in both sense of being both disappointing and also being critically and horribly wounded to, not, uh, to the point of not being effective. Because in a sense, what he does is he absolves himself of wrapping this thing up for us, of making the point. And that's not the, that's not what art does. I mean, that really is not the the whole purpose of art is to have us feeling that we don't know what the fuck we just went through, or more importantly, why the fuck we just went through this thing.
2: Well, that's what I mean, because if if we really are just reconciling DiCaprio's movies, then it's a lame a, memories. Then it's a lame movie. That's the
0: problem once again. It's not what have I just seen, but it's like why have I just seen this? And what I don't feel why I ju- that, that question of what I've just seen comes up in 2001, but the why I've seen it. Has, does not fucking occur to me. I understand exactly why Kubrick is making the larger points he's making. What is fucking Nolan's point in leaving this thing ambigu- amb- ambiguous other than to just have a lark and fucking leave people, you know, with a good with a cinema experience of the, oh, at the end. It's, oh, God damn it. What's the, what's the philosophical hang up here? So okay, so look to his previous movies. For one thing, I'll take both the Prestige and Memento because they kind of encapsulate the whole Nolan idea to a certain extent. Memento deals. Does,
2: does I haven't watched Memento in years. Just I just went there. Does Memento actually work?
0: Yes, okay, excellently. So okay, so the the point of the two movies is it's been is a long time. In a sense, he he in his earlier career, he deals a lot with issues of revenge and vengeance, and both Memento and the Prestige are built and based around this idea of revenge and justice and vengeance. And both of the larger, uh, of the story arcs through that react in a way, or or, or revolve each other in a a way that, for one thing, does not leave the ending. In fact, the endings of both those movies are incredibly well well tied together. They make a larger point about the fact that, in Memento, the amnesia that we find the main character in, right, his constant inability to make new memories... Um, leaves him consistently on short-term memory loss in the sense he's lost everywhere he goes. This is, once again, a larger artistic point about how someone so obsessed with vengeance can, in a sense, lose and destroy all of their lives and yet at the same time be incapable of satisfying the revenge that comes from that, right? It's a a Count of Monte Cristo larger point. I think it's very, very well executed. In The Prestige, you get a sense of slavery to the craft, one which ultimately... You not only sacrifice yourself to the slavery of your craft, but ultimately sacrifice the people you care most about to what is the mo- to what is so important to you, if that's not love, right? If it's the love of something that you are devoted to, that tends to destroy and, and is a larger meditation on what is destroyed around you and who sacrifices for your love and devotion to what motivates you. Both those films are clear and have a point to make on those larger themes, What is the large theme of Inception, and what is its point? That's what I was asking you. Okay, I don't know. This is the point is, if it is a sense of how we strive and deal with the guilt in our lives and how we search our way through that to find what is most important to us at the very end? Is it the reality that we've chosen? Do we have to choose to leave guilt behind or not? I mean, is it the larger sense that we have to kill off the person in 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 ourselves in order to move beyond the guilt? I mean, once again, that's all kind of there, but then how does the fucking top at the end? I mean, that's the problem is that don't tell me whether or not it's a dream. Tell me what it means for the larger themes of guilt, of, of of anguish that Co- that Cobb feels in his day-to-day life. Tell me what it is about why M- and what Maul represents and how the fucking top not falling at the end is in service to that. Because if the if Maul is the true antagonist, if Maul is the villain of this film, as I argue she is, then what point does not having the top fall serve in that larger point?
2: I don't know because I, I get hung up on that part it's too. Insane.
0: It's insane. I don't... I mean, it's it's... I've tried to connect the dots in this thing, and it, and all once again, all this is—is is it a dream? Is it not a dream? That's not the point. No, and he doesn't. That's, he no, doesn't, that's not the point.
1: Exactly, but he, the, that's why the top is aesthetic; it's not philosophical. Okay, I actually like the, Nicole. You going back through that air, the the landing scene where he meets up, yeah. uh, going through custom... I actually like now that you have explained that scene again. I actually like the end of this movie better than I did (laughs) I feel I feel even better about it because the dream-like character of it makes sense from a perspective that I didn't actually think about for some reason the first time around which is that the dream is that he can't believe this has worked and the way that the soft focus which is not present virtually anywhere else in the movie only with his children who haven't aged either no they did no. someone someone debunked that. Okay, they, they are in fact older. Okay, sure. But the um that, that part that part is sound. But the um but no, the the fact that he's walking through the airport and cannot believe what's going on works just fine. I think I'm I have a deep suspicion that you guys are mad that the ending of this movie is so happy. No, I would have. No,
2: but I. That's Mm -mm. no, because if it would have fallen, I would have been happy. Because I'm like, there. He got. He got what he. Everyone got what they wanted out of this deal, and that's good.
1: What's okay? So let's play it the other way around. Why? Why does it matter if this one's a dream?
2: Like, uh, because like I said, because if if the
1: top, if if it keeps going and the top never falls,
2: and the top never falls because then it's not an awesome heist film. It's a movie (laughs) reconciling Cobb's psychosis and. That's more lame to me. No,
1: it could. Why? Why does the top falling suddenly make that not the case? I mean, the heist doesn't matter much to him if he doesn't solve Maul. I mean, the heist is absolutely there. But if he doesn't overcome his if he doesn't overcome all, the murder, then it doesn't but, matter. But
2: that, I guess. But that's that's all that's all internal. Like the the, the mall issue, because, you know, she's dead. It's um, all a dream. that's all about cops. Yeah, that, that, I guess that's what I mean. If it's, if it's all a dream, it's really all just about reconciling Cobb's head. If it's, and that if it's reality, downgrades it's, it for how me. Is it?
1: How is it about anyone else if that's the real? He, well, is, he is 100% the protagonist. He's the only person who gets anything out of the heist. Everyone else gets money out of the heist. He's the only person that gets off.
2: Well, that's just because it's a clever heist movie. Because in general, that's what everyone would get out of a yeah, heist, no, anyways. Point, yeah,
1: I mean,
0: that's the the MacGuffin is the money. I mean, the free, you know, the McGuffin I mean, money's the freedom and the and the the, the idea that. You know, you're more trapped by the by the system that or the by the the desire to do the heist than you are once you're out of it. Because everyone wants nobody wants to be a criminal. Everyone wants to be absolved. and
2: And then in reality, you know, if Maul was already dead, then and Leo can't dream anymore or Cobb can't dream anymore anyways from doing this, this, you know, dream espionage work for so long. If he was if 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 the end it was reality like why would Molly even matter like he's not dreaming about her at night and if he wasn't in the dream she wasn't going to show up anyways so if he, if it was real and he just gets to go back with his kids like that's that's fine. Like she almost becomes like a non-issue at that point, except for the fact that he's psychologically, you know, tormented by the fact that they're accusing him of killing her. No, and
0: yeah. I want to debunk the t- point too that I like the happy end. No, I like I like that he overcomes Mall. I like that he that he forgives himself for her death. I like that he that he goes back and achieves. I mean, once again, I like Leo. I mean, <laughs> to a certain extent as well. Like I'm happy that he gets that character gets what he was searching for in this film, particularly because. I like the whole concept and lead up to the film and, and the execution of it. I mean, it's so fucking good as a, as a, as a heist film... That all I want it to be, like you said, is the heist film. I want him to fucking I love I feel it. like
2: I could have closure. I, I, I guess at the <laughs> end of the day, that's a newbie. I feel like I could have closure and, with the movie And that's it's the just thing. the heist and film. And that's the
0: point, is that I want the... My last my last scene of the movie, David, here's how I would describe it, right? You see Cobb. You're in the room. He flips the top. He goes. The camera follows him outside. His kids see him run up, fucking bear hug him, and tears. Tear, uh, tears would be flowing down my face. Him in the sunshine with his fucking kids after going through everything he's been through, so many layers of dreams, eighty years and whatever, with the, let the layers to fucking finally get there, and the top fucking denies me that ending. That's why I'm pissed off. Is that it isn't a happy ending? Yeah, I mean, it could just cut is with Cobb that, getting with what he wanted. With the, I mean, I would have been, I would have been happy in, ending. Once again, no, I'm cool with it even being ambiguous as to whether the top ever fell. I want him to fucking. To have that embrace of his kids, because the warmth of that scene is is overwhelming to me, and I was so looking forward to that, and instead, I get a fucking wobbly fucking top at the end. Like, give me a break! Like, it's the totem. And I'm like, no, I want the kids. Fuck the totem. Give me the children. Give me the fucking warmth in that sunshine. And I don't get it. And I, the problem is, it's not that it's a happy ending. It's that it's not happy enough for me, man. I wanted. 'Cause in the end I was so I was ready for an emotional catharsis and I was really on the verge of tears. And that movie sucked every fucking ounce of moisture out of my
1: eyes in that theater and I'll <laughs> never ever forgive it. Alright, I'm done. I mean that sounds like a sticking point, but uh So I like this movie, and though. I respectfully disagree. Okay, I
0: like this movie though. I really do. I really like this movie. <laughs> okay,
2: so what's okay? So so yeah, where are we? In I the mean, plot? like I said, despite the fact assembling
1: that- the team, cool. anything okay. else about assembling the team? Ariadne gets introduced to the dream machine.
2: Yeah, and that that was some of the notes. I think I'd already made them. The Ariadne, who you know, after one session is. Completely on cob shit about how emotionally disturbed of an individual. I'm Again, just... it's
1: that outside fresh perspective.
2: Okay, okay,
1: that's a, that's
0: a movie trope, right so there. So are we are we into where she's kind of like, um, no, we're building the team. Gotcha. Okay.
1: All right. We're, so Tom. No, Hart... we're we're doing everything up to the point where the heist happens. Okay. Cool. So let's so, just cover that whole. Yeah.
0: Thing. So the other thing that I think this is fucking great, and why I I like brought up the Matrix earlier, was that. Um, Okay, so the visual effects in this film. I mean, what can we if we we're going to give this film a grade for the CGI effects in this film, what kind of grade are we giving
1: this thing? Um if you cut out the scene where um they walk from the uh the horizontal surface to the vertical surface, if we just discount that, we'll go with an A. Yeah, like the whole but the city folding up on itself, that's tits, right? That's was pretty good.
0: the exploding uh, ca- yeah. the exploding cafe,
1: book stands, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, and the um uh, and the mirror, the mirror wall, that where she pulls the mirrors in on them. And, yeah. like, that was, I mean, once again... Yeah, that
2: stuff was all fun.
0: Fucking dream-like, but then ring reality. Like, I thought that was really fucking neat. Well, that's there's... what I mean,
2: yeah. It's almost more, yeah, it's like alternating... Re- it's alternate reality more so than, like I said, like some kind of whimsical dream well, sequence. And it yes. was cool. Despite
1: not being... I mean, it's not My Little Pony, but it required the budget it had to do what they did. I don't, yeah. I don't think an indie studio could have made this movie. No, no.
2: Not to the caliber that this thing really pulls No, he would have off. never
1: made this movie if he hadn't made Dark Knight.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, oh, I don't think,
1: Oh, well, that's, oh, no, that's, that's how never, we... That's, yeah. that's, that's how we funded we it. Yeah, you okay. your, you I think he had to get the funding from two different studios. I think it was actually a joint venture. Yes. Okay. So, I
2: didn't realize that it had quite as much of a budget. As that's a That's, that's a huge lot of risk. Money. I mean, yeah. for once
1: again,
0: like, Inception, they're like, is there a kid in it? Yeah, there, kind like, of. Yeah, 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 like, like with. Like where where's the what's the marketability? You got Leonardo DiCaprio and
1: and that kid from Third Rock from the Sun. Like this is this isn't going and anywhere. And the finest actor of our generation, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Oh, okay. Uh,
2: this Oh, he is so good. At okay. This. okay. All right. So before
0: we get to the You heist mustn't too, be
1: afraid to dream larger, dog. Yeah.
0: Okay. So As as some of you might know, or who've never met me, I have a penchant for formal gentlemen's formal clothing and uh <laughs> So I saw this movie twice in the theater. I saw it another three or four times um, on on my um, home setup, specifically to investigate the style of this movie. And if I had the shoulder structure of Tom Hardy, I would dress like he does in this movie. But unfortunately, I have the shoulder structure barely of a Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But his suits as well are absolutely he, He's a astound- pretty sharp dresser as well. stylish motherfuckers in this film, man. And Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt... Really great and impeccable style choices, suit-wise, in this film.
1: As the Agent Smiths of Inception.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. But really great. Like you said, like Tom Hardy's character, the color that he brings. Well, he
2: he represents imagination, yeah, essentially, because he thinks that everyone on this team is boring. And he's the one that comes up with all these, like, brilliant ideas about how to actually achieve Inception. mm -hmm. Like, he comes up... He's,
1: he does almost all of the legwork.
2: Yeah, he does because he's the only one that's like really willing to go out there. Like he's he's gonna pose as different people in the dream. He he's is the, going I think to, he's the
1: only shapeshifter on the team. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he dresses up as brownie and, uh, yeah. and the lady. And uh, the lady's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else in that? Uh, he's gathering the uh, they're gathering intel. They run into what is his not Yusuf, fisher the chemist they run into the chemist they were they have the they have the super cheesy like i talk about tropes three can't be done can't be done yeah. and this guy's like well and of course he's got like a cadre of old indian people in the back of his shop that he just that shoots just up. up yeah like uh naturally
0: well of course but i think maybe to the larger idea of you know some of the some of the themes that are just kind of, some of the strands of the themes of this movie that are kind of just like lazily hanging out of the seams of this fucking film. Um, Of course, why do they come here? Did they come here to dream? No.
1: They come here to be woken up, and I think that's... Again, I, I will not defend any of the philosophizing Nolan no, no, does. But, Dark Knight demonstrates that leaves, in spades that he cannot do that.
2: I know, but he leaves all these little open-ended things, which why it's so easy to, like, spiral out of control in these goddamn theories. But it
0: is, I think... I mean, for one thing, let me just step back here about this idea of fucking... Because what this is, is essentially a, mach- a, a state or a machine that you can be put into to lucid dream. Now, once again, for someone... Or share...
2: It's for shared, shared dreaming. But really,
1: I mean, but, loose, but yeah. lucid. I mean, you were, you yeah. know... Lucid like, shared well, dreaming. Well, DiCaprio spends time in one by himself. Yes. So... And, like,
0: I... How fucking awesome would that be? I mean, okay, for, for someone who doesn't dream as, a, as an every... Like, okay... I don't know what it's like for you dear listener when you wake up but for me it is very there is very little difference between being my last conscious memory when I went to sleep and being woken up it is there's very little time that happens that I perceive from happening between then and those two periods because I do not recognize or remember my dreams uh more than 2 or 3 minutes after I wake up they they flow so quickly from my sure. my memory that that so the idea of being able to dream and like to ha- to like be able to like like on-demand, like, dream, that is really fucking intriguing. So maybe just a little step... Let's lighten this up a little bit here. I mean, would you guys take advantage of the system at all? I mean, would there be something... I would take advantage of the
1: the system if it actually worked as... If it it worked the way that lucid dreaming is supposed to. I actually learned how to lucid dream because I hate my dreams so much that I wanted to be able to wake up out of them. No, that's,
2: that's why I have to teach... I had to teach myself to wake up out of my dreams because they're so mundane and boring, and they usually have, like, a tinge of anxiety.
1: I have extremely unpleasant dreams. They're n- mine aren't time. unpleasant.
2: Like, I don't have nightmares. They're mundane. Like, they bore me while I am I, fucking I, I in I consider
1: them. that to be part of the unpleasant spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, could you, like,
0: like, if I asked you to dream of, like, a yellow chair tonight, could you, like, could you guys, like, like think about a yellow shirt, think, and then if, that would be. If I notes. pulled off
1: the, if I pulled off the lucidity, yes. The problem is, it doesn't that, happen all the time. The reason why I stopped, the reason why I gave up on practicing lucidity is that my body, in kind of a very inceptive like way, um, builds defense mechanisms into this structure. So one of the ways, one of my uh, checks, the one of the first things you learn when you do lucidity is you just you you try to make something happen that can't physically happen. Okay. And the one, the one that I, um, the one that I was had a go-to for was closing or opening a door by thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the problem is that one of my least favorite dreams and most common involves a car in which the brakes don't work. So if I try to test whether I'm in a dream... My brain overrides that by saying, this is too important. We need to stop this car right now, whether or not this is a dream. So my my brain is defeating my attempts to control this. And this
2: is great because this is a concept that is also brought up within the structure of, of this movie, Inception. Um, you know, these people can be trained to militarize yes. their subconscious. Yeah. And I, I really like that concept. I even <laughs> made a note about it here. Um because once we get into the heist, you know they get in and they discover that but the subconscious they're in is militarized, mm-hmm. and that throws a huge monkey wrench. Do, mm-hmm. do we
1: want to? Uh, do we want to jump into level one? Yeah, let's go ahead. I mean, it's just I just want to kind of maybe take a detour. Like I said, no, for, someone who, oh, sure. for, for
0: someone who's oh sure, for someone who's. For dream, like once again,
1: why? Yes, visual, audio, visual imagination yeah, enhanced sounds I, pretty good. Okay,
2: yeah, I, yeah my my lucid, like I haven't like practiced lucid dreaming, but when I when I am dreaming, I do have like a certain level of stuff that I can control. Like I said, it's how I discovered that maze that the maze structure really is very applicable to dreams because I've had situations where it's like I'm in this neighborhood that's kind of like my neighborhood. You know, and I'll walk around, and I'll walk, and then you discover that you can't get out of a certain right, yeah, certain area in which it's this dream takes place. There's boundaries, and then, and then eventually, I just you know, I walk around, and I'm like, okay, I've seen everything. I need to wake up because this is boring shit. <laughs> well,
0: like, but like for David, like, for somebody <laughs> like likes to build something. I mean, you know, I had done because I don't meditate, but I had done where like I would like try to imagine something or like an like, visualization. Yeah, I'm try to visualize, and so like. You know, like um, like, a, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I had this this exercise over the course of a week where I would, uh, you know, try to imagine making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But the thing is, is that I would go through, like, I wanted it to be and imagine it as close to reality as possible. And then I wanted to imagine the same details over and over again. So, like, I wouldn't, like, you know, I wouldn't just, like, imagine the steps. I wanted to, like, imagine every single absolute detail, process, um, action that it would take to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I wanted to like continually hold on to this, and what I found was was that, you know, you can you can develop in your mind a very very clear picture, and yet it is entirely fleeting. And I found that like details would be altered and changed almost outside of my control, and it's it's strange because, you know, dream the idea that it would be a place where you could have total control is not exactly accurate, right? Like you just you don't No, I mean, you don't. You don't, get, you don't have. You don't get total
2: control. But it ebbs and flows a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, but you can you can manipulate the direction. I mean, the dream is, but going. even in your day to day
0: thinking, do you guys like find you have total control of your thinking or you find like I want to like...
2: just I don't know how you guys work. I, I work 100 percent intuitively like I have no ability to visualize. Neither um, do I. I none.
1: I, my every time people talk about the difference between like visual kinesthetic and those kinds of learning. The thoughts in my head are literally just like connections to each other. Yeah. They're not actually. No, they're things. they're
2: intuitive things that I can sense, but I I have like zero ability to visualize. Like when
1: when I was trying to imagine a sandwich just now, I can't actually imagine in color. Really? No, yeah, I can't. I don't.
2: I have no ability really? to visualize. Lou has discussed this too because he thinks visually. Like he sees things in in like flowcharts and like visually. My brain does not work like that at all.
0: So if I see like imagine the burb, like
1: the suburban out there, can you like imagine the? Sub- the I verb? I
2: know what it looks like, but I there's no visualization yeah, going really. on. No,
1: you don't don't visualize yeah. it. I get I actually get flashes of an image of it, but they immediately dissipate. So like when but, but how- I can
2: do I can do it with like foods, like um like I like to cook, so I will have like a like an intuitive sense of of a food like what a food cons- combination the that construct
0: this thing. And
2: what I do is I basically will work backwards to come up with that, but it's not it's not a visual process. It's totally an intuitive process where I just have a sense of something and I can work backwards from it.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how my cool, brain though. works. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. That's good stuff. I mean, I don't know if it's cool or not. It's no, I'm just... <laughs> like, Well, it's, it's just neat, like...
2: It's just different. Yeah, it's, no,
0: it's neat, because, like, we kind of joked Because before. you
2: used to talk about those visualization exercises. I remember when you used to, and I, I thought about maybe trying to do that to see if I could help work on, on visualization. I did have one point in high school when I was on some kind of psycho... Uh, I don't know, antidepressant or antipsychotic or something, mm-hmm. um, where my brain actually was, like... I was envisioning things, like, like, visually, like I could close my eyes and I could actually, like, picture stuff. But that was only under the influence of an antipsychotic. Well, okay, so um, for, that, <laughs> I've never had that experience again since not being on that medication. So, for
0: example, Nicole, like, you've, like, um, you've written notes out here on a, on, a, on a legal pad. And I like legal pads as well. But, like, for me, I've been thinking about Inception for, like, two weeks now. Like, I have essentially all the point. I have th- the same thing, but in my mind. And that's what really helped me with those visualization exercises, which is that I'm able to, like, like you said, like, capture something to where I can, like, almost add to it in a very kind of, clear and 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 held onto way and then kind of manipulate it so i can imagine your burb and like change its color and like shape it up and like i can see this in my mind as i'm talking about it to you and like I can put horns on it and like all kinds of stuff and it's just I mean i can do that
1: it's just that the image the image that i generate only exists for a split
2: second. It's and then almost it goes like away. It's, it's almost flickers. like it's almost like a what is it? It's, scanner darkly images where it's like no person's face ever looks like a well, set thing. Like it, everything's just kind of like a meld. Yeah. Well, it's
0: kind of strange because like I do not dream. I sounds people don't believe me, but I do not dream in the fucking slightest. And yet it seems like I would almost want your your guys' ability to like be able to dream in the way that you described it to me. But I can't do that. And yet I, it's kind of strange that I can almost dream. While I'm awake more than you guys can. You know, I can I can do what you guys do when you dream, but I can do it almost in a weird way. Yeah, But you can maybe do it
2: more when you're awake. Yeah. Also, my favorite. um, And it's not it's also again, it's not visual, though, but my favorite dream state is and it only happens usually during the day, like when I'm in a napping sense. Where you get to that point where you're not asleep yet, but your subconscious is, like, working. So your mind is, like, real free and it wanders. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a – it's not a visual process for me. It's, you know, it's just me, like, thinking about stuff. But, like, my thoughts get, like, a lot farther and flowier. Nice. And they get a lot looser than they usually are and but that state it's it's such a finite state because it's like right before you fall asleep but sometimes you're not completely asleep yet and i don't know what the name of it is Usually when I get in that state, someone walks by and goes like, oh, are you asleep? And then it totally screws the whole <laughs> that, thing up and I can't get back there. That is the most there.
1: dickish thing they can possibly do. Yeah. They're yeah. wondering if you're in a state where you don't want to be bothered.
2: Yeah. And, well, that's what I mean because it's such it, – it. I don't get to that state very often. But when I do, like I really enjoy it because I feel – like I said, it's almost like a it's a lucid state. But your subconscious is really just kind of f- – in a flow yeah. state. Right. Yeah,
1: I, I fall into that for the last five. It's the reason why uh, I nap for 20 minutes as opposed to 15. Well, that's the kind no, of, no, it's not. It's you, not y- visual It is, at it is all. you're actually it's. It has a rainbow roadish feel to it, where it, you're just kind of like the thoughts are just like moving along yeah, yeah. in a way that they don't and, normally. Well,
2: and they're like moving without you like burdening them with your biases. Yeah, you like don't they're have, just flowing. Yeah,
1: they're just happening. And that's that's again, I could nap for I could get the NASA approved amount of rest out of a nap <laughs> if I napped for 15 minutes, but I deliberately do it for 20 because the last five minutes of it. Five minutes of it tend to fall into that state,
2: and that's that's a cool state. I it really is. like that one. It's very
1: handy.
0: No, oh, and it, I, I I think I have something similar, but it's like that. Like you said, that like unburdening like, yeah. the idea of, of thought is very. It's it's relaxing. It like, is. And so like I've been like when I'm I I did a lot of physical exertion, you know, moving, and on and on Monday, man, like I was just I was just vegging out, you know, like and like that kind of like veg state where. You know, it was like, what's this room going to look like? And I could just like, like, I don't know, man, like, let's just, let's like Tetris this fucker together, you know? And it like, but there was that, that flow, that free flow of ideas. And that's what's kind of strange is that the, the dreaming in this, in, in Inception is very molded or it's very deliberate. It's
2: architected. Yeah, it's
0: architected. Yeah. It's very deliberate. And it's almost like exactly the opposite of what, you know, you could be in this, if you could control your dreams and they could feel like reality, then they could be the most... They could fucking be endless possibilities, and that's what Cobb discovers with Mal, Right? That's where Cobb like the idea that they built a city together. That right? it's a beautiful scene when they're on the beach and they push over the sandcastles, and the fucking parts of the city behind them yeah. begin to crumble and and, and, syn- and and syncopated with that. I mean, that's a beautiful idea. And I was just curious that you know, David. I know you like to construct and do, and build things. Um, you know, Nicole, we share the same kind of fascination and enjoyment of you know art, art and and film. That you know, if you could, if you could have that kind of control and on and be on demand, like what would be an inherently appealing about that to a certain extent? And that's why it's just kind of—I fa- think that's a neat idea. Like, it's, like I said, this movie
1: is great for that. For Oculus kind of like- Rift VR in stores now. Oh, very good. Okay, you can't pre-order it because they can't make enough of them apparently. But uh, you <laughs> want to make how, who gets them? I don't yeah. know what Best Buy.
0: Oh Jesus! I they can got see a that line. they got a
1: dangerous devilish retail. Uh, so I got to wait till all
0: the employees get their copies, and then I can go and get.
1: Yeah, my and money. then you can get one on okay. eBay for twelve hundred bucks. Those
2: bastards.
1: Okay. Um. So yeah. So we're moving into the heist, right? Uh. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, so we've so,
2: got the gang together.
1: Ken. So uh. They're they're trying to figure out the final details now that uh, Maurice Fisher has died. Um. The whole point, I, we, I don't think we I once don't even mentioned think the whole point. T- the MacGuffin of this movie is to break up an empire, but the, Magu- the, the MacGuffin turns into a thought, which turns into a less political thought, which turns into an emotion, and this is mostly Eames' work, is, yes. is to figure out how to get inside Fisher's head once they're in his dream to make the idea simple and apolitical enough that it catches on. Right. So he is literally, unlike in virtually every other heist movie where we kind of know w- what we're after, money, gold, whatever the head, information. In this case, the players are actually crafting what they are trying to take. And they are trying to get the person who is defending that thought that he doesn't have to take it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is so convoluted and ridiculous. Um... That which is why,
2: which is why, half the movie they argue that it's not possible. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which, but it's it's what makes. I mean, granted. <laughs> I mean, two two points before we go into the heist. Two, possibly my two uh, worst nags in the movie. Inception is dem- is um, Arthur when uh, he hears the word Inception says that's impossible because true inspiration is impossible to fake. That's just not true. Like, th- the number of <laughs> ideas that people have that they don't know where they got them is enormous. Yes. Like, that's just, that's just patently. But well, we also true. know
2: that Arthur is the one without imagination. That is true. The other one is that Ariadne
1: makes a maze that Cobb may not be able to solve in a minute. But if you pause that, um, there's two, there's two things. If you pause your DVD or Pirate Bay Torrent of this movie <laughs> and you look at that maze, A, you could solve it in about 10 seconds if you were not an idiot. But on top of that, the maze is not actually solvable. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's basically just and they had to have known that. So that's basically a visual middle finger. Well, that is one way to have someone
0: do a maze that they can't solve in under a minute. That
1: is true. And okay. I was wondering if Cobb was smiling because Ariadne's uh caviling little shithead who made a just well, she's played the one outside that, the rules. Yeah, she's
2: the one who calls him out on all his bullshit anyway. Yeah. So it seems a little tongue in cheek, you know, but it seems like something she'd do.
1: And frankly I think it would have been funnier if they'd played it off that way. But anyway. Uh so now they are on uh they are on the seven forty seven and uh Ken bought out the airliner because it seemed neater.
2: Yeah, well, that's and that's that's where you get some of these things that are just so ridiculous. I mean, it's cute. I love the line. It's d- so convenient. But you're like, yeah, that probably wouldn't have just happened like that.
1: I agree. It is neater. Well, and our dad, actually, his biggest hang up with this movie happens during that line as well. Because um, based on apparently on my dad's experience of people in positions like Fisher's if his private jet was not working he wouldn't have he gone would, he would go he would go get another one
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: he wouldn't go on a jet. okay okay jet.
2: actually on that note too and this is a, okay so sato who obviously can control everything he bought out the airline he can get leo out of all his trouble he shows up in mombasa right at the right of time why was that guy on just a regular train with normal people in the beginning eh. Eh. Okay.
1: His private train was dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bathroom <laughs> died. His private train was in the shop.
2: This is why you're not supposed to think about movies too much. They start, fo- like I said, they start crumbling just like the dreams do when your subconscious yeah. is onto the fact that there's no. other people in your dreams with you. I think I think well, I know I mean, why. I think I, I mean,
0: know why the top doesn't fall to distract us from all the other glaring <laughs> fucking
1: plot <fun> holes <laughs> in this motherfucker. That's why. Eh, mission accomplished. Okay, good. I mean the fa- I mean if. <laughs> If I had to call out one, and I already called out three, um, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Fisher doesn't recognize Sato is it, like what? Yeah, exactly. Like what? He doesn't.
2: Yeah, my that main kid competitor? has that kid
1: has no other talents aside from meeting people. Oh, he's got the talent to forget. Oh my I don't know. I don't know what he did. I mean, he certainly seems disappointing. Yeah, his father seems <laughs> his father seemed right on the money with yeah. that. <laughs> Also I don't know the name of Fisher's actor but Cillian, Cillian Murphy. Murphy. Okay, man. Can he play a trust fund kid? Yeah. Oh yeah. Just holy shit. Does not can't interact with humans. Oh no, I like
2: I like No, the, the casting was spot it on is in so this. It's so
1: good. It is so good. I like the look of him, though he's in um
0: he's in this uh, Peaky Blinders, which also in, this, in its second season has Tom Hardy in it as well. So we nice, get some nice. little Netflix action. He going was on also
2: here. the scarecrow in other old in Irish. He was also the scarecrow in other Nolan uh, Batman films. Yep, and wasn't he also uh, our skinny kid that woke up twenty eight days later?
1: Right, yes, he is. So yes, rock solid casting, mm-hmm. and now everybody's asleep. Mm-hmm. And it's raining outside because uh, Yusuf had too much to drink.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which, once again, good
1: work. That's
0: yeah, funny. that's what I yeah, mean. There's funny.
2: there's 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 plenty of good things despite the fact that there's plenty of of issuey things going on. <laughs> All here right, too. so we're
1: at level one. Yeah, thoughts we're, on level one.
2: Level, like I said, level one is great because we're like nobody did their research and discovered that uh, you know, Fisher's mind is militarized. So as soon as they get into the dream. A big train just <laughs> crashes yeah, really. through everything. Uh,
1: that wasn't technically Fisher's fault. That was Dom's fault.
2: No, no. But I'm saying because yeah. they didn't do the correct research, you know, we get the, this is what happens when you militarize your subconscious against people hacking it. Yeah. And that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's... It definitely threw a monkey wrench in their, uh, their little, uh, scheme here, mm-hmm. but, you know, as an audience member, I was like, "That's it's a fun concept to think that you can militarize your subconscious. Yeah. You know, and it was also, you know, just fun where they got to play a little bit with it, where they just had, you know, like I said, trains just start crashing into everything out of nowhere. Right. Um, you know, so I, I, I liked that as, as one of the cute little concepts in here.
1: I like that the, uh, the Browning the Fisher interrogation. Yeah. Is definitely my favorite scene mm-hmm. in this section. Just because it's Eames Eames is interrogating him for a dozen reasons simultaneously. Like he is he is impersonating Brown, uh, he's shapeshift into he's shapeshifted into Fisher's uncle. Yep. And he is trying to get a password out of him, a combination of numbers that Fisher doesn't know. Because later on, when they're further in the dream, those numbers will magically be important. Yes. And that's just, that can't happen in any other movie. Yeah. Like, this premise permits that.
2: Well, that's because that's the other little concept is if you build a safe or a vault in your dream, your subconscious will automatically populate it's it with safe. secret information. Yeah. I really
0: like that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cute. Which, which, once again, I mean, if I was trying to protect someone against that, I wouldn't... Add a bunch of fucking people with guns in your subconscious. I would just train yourself to not put shit in safes, <laughs> like never,
1: never trust a safe. I mean, I don't. Okay, yeah, that's for sure.
0: So, the, but it's but overall, it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool scene. I mean, we get the great line, "Never be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling." Yeah. You know, like that's a great line. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy delivers through the whole thing. Well,
2: and then and then this is also where we start doing the layers, and uh, we have like the time issue too, which is fun because we all know. Well, if. For those of us that dream, we all know that dreams feel a lot longer they than they actually so are. They so
1: fucking long. Oh,
2: They're so long and boring. Um,
1: Exhausting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, enough about that. So, yeah, I have so, no
1: idea what you guys are talking about right now. <laughs> so
2: what's fun is, you know, of course, even though they're only in real time, they only have about 10 hours to do this. They mm-hmm. have about two weeks to work in this first level.
1: Or so they thought.
2: Or so they thought until they discovered it was a militarized zone. Yeah. But um, I you know I like the way they do the playing with time, even to the point where you know the kicks, you know they actually have like they
1: have to synchronize. They
2: have to synchronize coming
1: out of any particular layer.
2: Yeah. So um, so I I, I do like the way they worked with the timing on uh, on the the dreams.
1: Oh, and uh, and the final thing that happens in uh, layer one right before we. Before they transition is uh, they find Eames finds a picture in. um, Oh, no, I guess that does happen in layer two. Never mind. Uh, Any final thoughts on layer one? It's all good. All right. Uh, They kick it on down to the hotel.
2: Yes. Kick it on down to layer two.
1: Layer two. Which was. Easily the least eventful of the layers, so it should be relatively but, quick but, to go through. But, okay,
2: it, it's the least eventful of the layers, but it has some of the best, you know, our Matrix CGI budget. Yes. Yeah. Okay, the...
1: Wire act.
2: Yeah, so so at, at one point when the gravity in this dream starts getting goofy, uh, you know, we've basically got stuff floating everywhere, and uh, that was probably one of my favorite visual effects yes. was the anti Gravity situation. Yeah, Gordon Levitt
0: running through the hallways. Gordon yeah, levitating. Yeah, yeah that's yes, good shit. Yes.
2: Man. Um, so, What's,
0: I mean, the trailer when you saw that happen it's a in little, the trailer, it's, it's not
2: it's not necessarily as actionist, but it's uh, it's it's really fun. Um, yeah. You know, it's a fun effect. Well, it's I mean, it is kind of. Well, I guess he does have to fight off the subconscious again. but... Yeah,
0: it's it's cool. I mean, it's cool, but it's it's also true because like. Um, I mean, I just am waiting to a point when we can, like, resolve conflict in our society without, like, imagining that it has to be done by, like, shooting people, you know? Like, the idea that your, good, your your subconscious could, like, have or could, like, respond in different ways. I mean, I get that's, like, just how we solve things now is, like, by kung fu and shooting, you know? Like, this is, like, what movies do. Like, okay, I, I get it. But, you know, I mean, I guess he didn't want to, invi- you know, once again, he's not exactly the visionary that we, are, that we think he is. But it is just a little fucking trite that, you know, of course it's like we're being attacked and, you know, we have to militarize the situation and they're like men with guns and it's just, you know. Ugh.
2: I just like the whole visual effect because, you know, he has. they have to do the kick, which is the falling, but how do you do a kick in zero gravity? So I like how he, he ties together all of the characters that are just floating around the hotel room yeah. and he has to get them all into a big cluster and he winds them up into a ball. Like, I just really (laughs) like the whole feel and the visual, like, you know, the visual effects that it took to put that seed together. I thought that was, that was another, you know, plus for like some fun, some fun ways of 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 knowing that you're working within a dream without it being too whimsical and ethereal well
0: and also too that it it kind of keeps to the to the formula of a heist film where you you they spend so much time setting up the plan because most of the drama in the... In the, in the in is the, in the, the fact that the plan won't planned, work anyways. Yeah, the plan doesn't work. So we know, it's supposed to, you know, we know this is supposed to happen, and then we can add more drama to the situation by you know upsetting our expectations of how this was supposed to go down. So uh, one final thing we didn't mention, though, of course, is that Sato gets shot at oh, the first yes. level. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it kind of comes back later. But in the end, uh, you know, get a little wrapping up there. Gordon Levitt sneaks a kiss from Ellen Page. Uh, yeah. One of my little cute <laughs> little scenes as well. And then... Um, yeah, we're on to level three, layer we are three. We're on to
1: layer three, and uh, things are shakier than ever. They, yes. um There's now an actual fortress yes. that they need to infiltrate, um, and they don't really have time to do that, because Yusuf, uh, competent driver he is, he is in a van being chased by... Um, by, by, by military. Fisher. Yeah, by yeah. Fisher's so, militarized so he needs, yeah, conscience. So he, he decides that we need to pull the plug on this thing sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have to make their way into that fortress. And, I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's just open this up to um, the remainder of the heist, I think, at this point.
2: Well, you know, because they they keep working on Fisher because, you know, obviously they're trying to implant this idea into him. So by this third layer... You know, we really start to see how Fisher's going to come up with this idea on his own by the time, yeah, you know, we're in yeah, the third they, they layer. Get the, they get
0: his wallet and they find yeah. the picture yes, with him and that's, his father. That's
2: Eames. Yeah. Eames finds the picture yeah.
1: and he learns in the first layer that his father said the word disappointed and didn't remember the rest of the phrase. Yeah. So he kind of works. And ties all of this together and puts it in a room that only Fisher is allowed into. Yeah. So that becomes fully his idea, locked in a safe with a number that he made up. Yes,
2: in the first layer. In yes. the
1: first layer. Yes, Be- because yeah. of course. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, and that's that's again, yeah. it's and it's great because the movie, the the emotional climax of the movie for Fisher, is a complete artifice. Yes, that was built ad hoc over the last hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's super cool. Like it's it, he comes he. It is a perfectly self-generated revelation. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then you know, Cobb. We can talk about anything at this. Well, point, well, think.
2: the thing is, our third layer really isn't our last layer. No. We've got a limbo layer that Cobb. With has, its own rules. Has spent a lot of time in, and this is funny. You know. I, I can tell that we like the heist aspect because mm-hmm. what have we not talked about this whole time, which is this the psychological goddamn, thriller, this fucking limbo between Cobb and his wife, Maul, because mm-hmm. there's tons of scenes about him going down into limbo and Maul is existing there and he's got her locked up in his subconscious. We haven't talked about any of that mm-hmm. because that's the part of the movie that we've all agreed that we don't actually like, like that's the part that lets it down. But I'm, anyway, I'm,
1: I'm actually, I'm, well, I'm probably more okay with it than you guys are, but that's only because. No, I... it's it's like I said, it's a, it's a
0: cool idea that it's it works within it. I mean, like I guess yeah,
2: it does work within the the movie. I just fine. I'm just so
0: pissed. I'm just pissed off at the at the, at his at his major major problem of the ending. I li- I like the idea that Maul is the uh, that his own guilt is the is the. Uh, 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 enemy of and this the true enemy of this film because it is ultimately what comes around and might destroy this right and and it's also mal would be the thing that would fuck this job up that would prevent him from realizing what he wants as well um you know i mean in a sense too going home to his children is the final well, I guess, acceptance I guess, of Mal's okay death so here's the thing i guess our, our, our yeah, big our, all there
2: our big reveal is the fact that you know Cobb has tried Inception before and he and it tried worked. it. And it worked. it worked. He tried it on Maul and unfortunately it It, it worked. It worked so good that it was her downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, because while well, they were living in limbo, they basically lived out like 80 years in this limbo well, thing prefers,
0: where Maul prefers
1: and, limbo to reality. And, and well, deliberately really. and deliberately, uh, not to paraphrase the movie, um, that she deliberately locked away her totem to forget a truth she once knew. Yeah. And what Cobb really did, which was relatively innocuous. In fact, it was, I mean, it's not like it was a lie or anything. All he did, he found the safe that Mal put her totem in and spun it again mm-hmm. to remind her that this is not real. Right. Um, she- because it's not, and this, this is a weird misconception that i I saw in a lot of reviews where, where that somehow tampered with the totem. Mal tampered with the totem. She put it down, mm-hmm. which is the position it should never be in mm-hmm. in this universe. Um, so all he really did was re-expose a truth to her. Mm-hmm. That just goes horribly wrong yeah, because it- because Mal, aside from apparently not liking her kids very much, um is is obsessed with the creativity of limbo yes. and being with Dom.
2: So she basically rejects what we are led to believe as reality mm-hmm. um, and kills herself to get back to said So she can wake up from the dream. Because yeah. she thinks that re- – she has she rever- reversed herself where she thinks that the reality is the dream world and that the dream world is the reality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is where, you know, Cobb's psyche comes in because he is blamed for this murder that, you know, if we are to believe our narrator's – Mall killed herself to get out of reality to go back to what she thought was real mm-hmm. yeah. um so that actually plays a huge part in the movie but though we haven't discussed uh a lot of it yet well, um
0: it's, but it's the ultimate driving reason right go he returning to his home and the reason he can't i mean we, we we brushed it off but the the film deals with this so much that once again it, it does work but you know, it only sets up the fact that in the end, the true the true climax is kind of paralleled to not only Fisher discovering the, in, you know, in, being incepted, yeah. but is also, of course, the realization that, you know, Cobb has to leave this part of himself. Like, he has to, to to get rid of, destroy, you know, some part of this part of himself that continues to house and hold Mal inside of him. And once again, I think that on a larger emotional dramatic level... It works well. I mean, it really it is a cool is a cool concept to work into. It 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 focuses the story around Cobb and and the fact that he is the central, obviously, like I said, the protagonist. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's a neat idea to make the antagonist of your film, you know, the guilt of the wife's of the wife's death. And I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I just because I want to show you guys a film that fucking works better. That 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 works better on these themes. I want to pick up Rogues. Don't look now with 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 uh, Sutherland and McDonald uh, Sutherland, which is a movie about a couple dealing with the loss of their child. And it fucking is great. It's a really great movie. It's been a long um, time. Yeah, it's, but it, it deals with these themes in a way that, once again, you usually don't go to see a movie to say, you know, yeah, I want to see a couple reconcile the horror of losing a child, you know, like, but it's, a gr- but it's a very, very powerful idea for a film. And this is to a certain extent, you know, both a heist film and yet has this larger emotional resonance to it which i think once again aids people in this right i think it's very intuitive the anger and frustration he feels with himself about mal being killed because in a sense the idea of this power of dream of the of our dreams is so powerful to us as individuals it's something we all experience and i think that it's once again it's i, I like this movie <laughs> i have to, keep, <laughs> have to keep
1: saying that it's all right fresh. so let's hype it let's for the rest of this let's Hypothetically, suspend the final scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, just assume that doesn't occur. Right, for the uh, for the remainder of this, much longer review than I expected. Frankly, I didn't think it was gonna.
2: Well, we we got a little tangential. Ta- Couple times you got. I'm got sorry. Some Tangents. Uh... Oh
0: no, no, I, there's nothing to be sorry about. I like I like this movie, and it, nothing like I said. <laughs> well, yeah, really... there's
2: a lot of layers. There's yeah. a lot of ins. There's that's, a lot of outs.
1: Uh, I mean, like, I'm just glad we found a movie that frustrates Ryan because we haven't had one of those. No, oh, man,
0: I I like this movie a lot. It's just <laughs> so. I mean, in the end, though, I Nolan is like I said. I will always go and watch a Nolan film now from now on. Um, I do think that Inception is his best film, and it, and I do think that is the case. I really do. I. Um, having watched it again, I liked it in the theater when I saw it, and in the end, I do find this to be flawed in a very fatal way. But at the same time, recognizing that it is better than than most but it movies is, that like come year But it
2: is very original. So. Well, now, and
0: for to be a Hollywood film as yeah. well, right? This is something that I think needs to be applauded and deserves its place in the wider culture that we have around this. Because I think we, you know, we need new ideas, we need new stories, we need films like this to to suggest possibilities that you know superhero movies just don't fucking delve into all that much i mean and
1: and the mechanical inversion of the heist in this movie is i mean whether or not it's unique it's exceptionally well done
0: no yeah. absolutely i mean i don't, like i said the the frustration i feel with this movie is can only be a, be so frustrating because it is working from such a rich rich un, uh uh support structure in this film i mean this is this is really really well done and very, very, I think, well-executed execu- well as well. Like, you know, I kind of pick on the fact that I like good filmmaking. Um, this movie is exceptionally d- well-made uh, and well-acted. And it, all those ways that we've kind of talked before about casting, about color palette, the look of the film, the feel of the film, the some, editing, like, the music. like, there's some really
2: cool effects. Oh,
0: man. I mean, the music as well. You know, yeah. I know, I know ha- Hans Zimmer <laughs> might have phoned it in a little bit. But the wah <laughs> of yeah. the thing, I think... Oh, no, the
1: soundtrack is fine. It's, yeah, yeah, that's That's just a joke on the way was Well, like I said, together. And, and
2: also, just... You know, even though, like I said, we're working on a lot of layers, the film still moves in a linear fashion, um, which I think helps – it helps just the flow because you can really kind of just get into the movie. Oh, and, Like you could just really
0: – And to and to be able to do that to where the fucking bizarre concept of the film doesn't – in no way – not only does it not trip over it as much, but it fucking allows it, – it, like it, you ease into it. Yeah. It's – I mean – once again, it took 10 years to get that to where this thing could be ex- – to, to where it could not tr- trip over itself. And I think that that is something to be a, a, said for it as well. No doubt. Um, okay. I mean, once again, I mean, we're not all anti-Leo here, right? Because I like that guy. I mean, I, don't want, I mean, is he like one of the better actors of his generation? No, I, 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 I can – I don't think so. You don't think, think so? I, no, I mean, he tries to. Hurt. I
2: don't know if tries I – I hurt. don't know. Yeah, I don't know that he is <laughs> – he's like the best actor of his generation, but I –
0: these are Tom Hardy, is what you're saying. That's fucking A.
1: That's but what the I'm thing saying. is, like, I,
2: can, I, can, I enjoy Leo for being Leo. Did like, you see
1: the Revenant? I, I like For the either, either case, counterexample and example, fucking Tom Hardy can do any accent, he can play any key.
2: Well, Leo, God, but it. the thing is, Leo is always Leo, and I can appreciate
1: No, I know. That. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Leo DiCaprio fits into the same, in my heart, he is in the same. Um, Circle as uh, Nick Cage. Yeah, they're both. And granted, I know he Nick has cage, not gone full Cage. What, has, what, what, yeah, no, he, no, 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 no. But that's the no, thing. No, but is they're always they they're always them. So hard. Yeah. Okay. They are act every role is Leo DiCaprio. Acting as hard as he can to be you know the person what's funny though it,
2: the, what's funny though is I think that Hollywood did that to him because he did not start out like that. he didn't turn into that till Scorsese just started writing movies for him exclusively I can believe that um you know his it back when he was younger, his stuff it felt more like his like his acting felt like he was acting for the script and not just acting for whatever Leo role somebody wrote <laughs> for his Leo self. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think I think maybe Hollywood kind of just did that to him because everyone just catered to him so much they started just like writing for him to do that.
1: Sure. I mean it, that's and he, he's boxed in with uh, Samuel Jackson that way. But yeah. the um so yeah, we got Leo got tom hardy of course got the he's bane and he's the jerk-off western douchebag in the revenant like he's He's both
2: of those people he's also the best looking mma fighter that's not actually an (laughs) mma (laughs) fighter
0: God, this he's um, that man can work. He's also in a movie called Bronson, which if you've never seen Bronson before, is
2: brilliant, is
0: great. Also, <laughs> have you
2: seen Bronson? I've, oh, dude. Oh,
0: I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna oh. pick it because I already got my next pick.
2: Oh. Okay, so um, all
1: right, who else we I'm got? I'm getting like got excited, just thinking about that yeah, character. I'm you, yeah.
2: Gordon Love I love yeah. him. I love him too. I yep. think from, he's great. From
1: his debut in Brick from. I think that, Myc- that had to have been
2: mysterious skin was before oh, it. Oh, was it, earlier, really? I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, mysterious skin, I think, was like my first real introduction to him. And mm-hmm. that is, <laughs> if we want to cover Iraqi films, that's that's probably that guy's yeah. strongest film. Um, <laughs> and that was that was a pretty good little indie.
0: Yep. Uh, so, um,
1: yeah. So yeah, I know. Oh, I got my next oh, movie. Oh, okay. okay. I was just rolling through the actors because we it seemed like we were having a good time. Oh, yeah, it's that. good times. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, we yeah. already covered what Cillian Murphy, Murphy did. Cillian Murphy, yeah. Yeah. That guy's,
0: that guy's oddly... It looks like his face is made of metal. I don't know what it is, but like, <laughs> have you ever seen someone so metallic? I like his sheens, but it's just like his the His eyes angles. are
2: so ice cold, yeah, too. Yeah,
0: angles. It's crazy.
1: Michael Caine's too easy. Yeah, well,
2: he's too,
1: Michael, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. He's too, he's too classic. <laughs> so um, my next film
0: I got coming up... um. I've got, uh so I I wanted to kind of work on a film that because we've got you know, 2001 now we're doing Inception so I wanted to do a movie that like questions or looks at reality in a different way so I, I wanted to, this might be the first I think I'm picking a movie that none of us have seen before I myself included I've not seen this movie <laughs> all right but it is uh, an American independent feature called Take Shelter and it is uh, with Michael Shannon in it and Jessica Chastain as well. And I have not seen this
2: movie. I don't I've know who heard any of those people. That's are.
0: awesome. Okay, good. So I am looking for maybe a little bit more of an organic experience here. I know Zootopia was also maybe the first one we all hadn't seen before we'd seen it, but um, but I picked Take Shelter. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, and I would hope that you wouldn't look into it too much until we watch it together as well. Um, but if you're willing to go on a little, um, just a little journey to see what the hell happens here, uh, <laughs> I hope that everyone will see a movie. What year
2: is this film?
0: 2010, 2011, just recently, I think. Okay, and. Um, as, like I said, I, I had I had this is out there. This has been on my list for a long time, and I knew I know what the movie's about. I know the, I know the idea of the movie, and it just felt that thematically it kind of worked together. And if it was my pick, I wanted to do something a little bolder this time, a little riskier. Yeah. So uh, what the
2: hell, man? Let's, Than wages
1: let's, <laughs> then
0: wages of fear. Then wages of fear. Let's roll this fucker up the flagpole and see uh, see if we can't watch it in the next couple of weeks together. So, that sounds good.
2: Closing thoughts on Inception. It it's a great movie. Just don't think about it too hard or you might hurt yourself.
1: Or just apparently I, I'm going to have to ask my friends about this. Maybe this is just in this room but maybe just turn it off after he gets to the airport. Yeah. That's what and it just, sounds and
2: like. Ju- and just let everybody live happily ever after.
1: Yeah. Okay, they, they all do. Anyway we can't keep talking
0: about <laughs> No I, I...
1: <laughs> we can't keep talking about that. I continue to respectfully disagree with that interpretation. It, is,
2: it is. I will say it is probably it is my favorite nolan film mm-hmm. um i do enjoy the ride that it goes on it's um, pretty good there's some like i said there's some great concepts it flows really nicely for nolan yeah, the, film
0: the economy of this film is fucking incredible really and, incredible and
2: even though there are holes there's plenty to love about it
0: yeah, I think that, and and the in the grand tradition of popcorn movies, that this is something that is, a, is this movie is a spectacle in a lot of ways, and I think that it's important that we kind of understand where Nolan was kind of coming from, and also to once again realize that it's not easy to make something like this, like not at all, and that once and and why I think he kind of is is in the conversation is that he is clearly an intelligent filmmaker, and while I do and maintain. Uh, that this film while being his most his his best accomplishment uh definitely lacks a lot in the larger resonance of what this thing could or may have or or may, perhaps we can argue is um the case it's still something that's worth noting and i think well deserving of its popularity i know that it's it, it is to a certain extent part of its appeal and part of what makes it such a good film is that we can get so angry we could have such fevered fever debates on this that it can be in a sense you have to care enough yeah exactly and it's easy to care about this movie and it's easy to care about the characters because it is both incredibly a most ridiculous thing you've ever been pitched in your fucking life about someone going within dreams to incept something mm. but then at the same time it it all fits together but it, and it, it
2: still works it still doesn't well. beg, it
0: doesn't beggar belief it's incredible how well this kind of w- rolls through and it's just it, it's so well done. I mean, I'm so happy you yeah. picked this movie, David, because it's like,
2: <laughs> I was, I, I was, yeah, it was, it was exciting, um, going back and, and rewatching this because I hadn't really given it a, a good watch since I saw it in the theater and I, I was glad I, I went and revisited it. Mm-hmm.
1: This, it's fun because my, my contribution to this is so thoroughly ironic. I actually don't like this movie as much now as previous, like it didn't, it didn't like drop tremendously or anything. It just, it, it, it my opinion of Inception, I had seen the movie several times since it came out, was extremely high. I would call it maybe top 20 territory, um, but it's maybe not quite that high anymore, but I still really, really enjoy the film. And to build, Ryan, on what you were talking about, a lot of what I look for in uh, when I'm appraising media yeah. is I, I put a lot of weight on the difficulty in the, in sort of the olympic sense mm-hmm. where you know the harder the trick the better the payoff should be if you pull it off mm-hmm. and inception it would be one thing for inception to merely be well executed as a movie but the fact uh, it, they had to have spent so much time on the screenplay
2: making sure ten that, years?
1: Mm-hmm. making sure that a concept this convoluted with a plot with this many points in it. I mean, the reason I didn't go point for point through this movie is that to describe everything that happens would take as long as it takes to watch the Mm -hmm. film, which, mind you, is two and a half hours. Yes. It's a long film. And dense, a dense two and a half hours. It is the hamlet of Hollywood blockbusters. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, there's very little downtime here. Yeah,
1: there isn't much at all. There's a lot of dialogue. But it still manages to be coherent. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that is extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know very many movies like that because nope. generally speaking when you uh when you wrap when you ramp the budget up to the degree that this movie is, it gets dumbed down and if you drop the budget too much you get into a navel gazing that this movie I think more to its credit than just about anything else it doesn't do mm-hmm. more than it does. It does become a heist film in a way that it very much if Nolan had wanted it to, it could actually be entirely about, is this a dream? Is reality nothing? You know and it avoids that.
2: Yeah, well, I feel like maybe, you know what, it's cool, when I think about it, that he wrote it, it took so long to develop the idea, I feel like almost maybe that's where it started, and then, like, once he started realizing it has to be put together, like, it, maybe it the heist... It has to
1: make something out of Maybe the
2: heist element came, like, as a you know I as think a that way, actually
1: is how it as a
2: way to make the concept work, and that's what ends up leaving a little ambiguity because you know maybe if he hadn't have come up with such a solid heist movie within this, we would have gotten maybe like a more uh oh is it reality is it isn't it I, think, I think the
1: original version so, of it was, in fact, quite that, a bit more. Well, like
2: and that. that's why, and that's probably why there is a level of ambiguity in there because it probably did not start out as like with it's such good. a coherent, you know, concept to work all of this dream, you know, all these dream sequences into. Well,
0: and and to think about, you know, where what well, what is this? What does a bad Inception movie look like? Or what is it, what is Nolan's tendencies to, you know, have overcomplicated plots, to have interweaving stories that, that peak at all at the very end, uh, to, you know, that sometimes try to unite the larger thematic and dramatic and, and moral elements in the film to come together to make a a story that can resonate and stay with you beyond the initial ending? Um, What does it look like when someone does that, does that bad? Uh, in a bad way, uh, we have no. We have to look no further than M. Night Shyamalan and how his career has just devolved into the idea that that man seemingly is able to get fifty plus million dollars to make every movie that he wants to make, and yet each one successively goes up his own ass even further to the point where they're almost unrelatable. And, and the and, first one and, wasn't and, even good. And, and and to the point to where they're not even, Watchable? Uh, once again, well, yeah, to the point to where they're not enjoyable. Like you, don't, you, you lose the connection and, and you lose care about the characters. And this film, despite being as sprawling as it is, like you said, the, the, the good thing about lots of money in film is that it can give you that spectacle, right? It can show you things in a believable way that you'll never be able to experience in real life. But what do you do with the ability to do to, to make that happen and to make that reality when the lights dim and the fucking 40, 50 foot screen lights up to where you actually want that to be the case? And Inception is a good way to show us how this can be done moving forward, but where we see this done poorly and why I think that, you know, he hasn't exactly lost that M. Night Chalamany aspect of it is the little twist at the end to where it leaves, once again, ambiguity for ambiguity's sake. And you know, that is something that I think is the kind of the corollary to this, right? What does a bad Nolan film look like? Well, it looks like M. Night Shyamalan films, like films that have just devolved into needless, pointless spectacle to where the points and and, and themes are so fucking inverted in on themselves and to where there is no one saying, you know, like, I don't think you've kind of fully thought this thing out to where it actually, you know, what what the film is about is not actually coming through to a certain extent here. And I'm just... Once again, I think it's good that Nolan's able to kind of still make these films and still
1: make them enjoyable at the same time. I'm surprised you even bothered going off director because the very next film Nolan made was The Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. And I would contend that it is everything that Shyamalan devolved into. Yes. Um, It's flabby. Mm -hmm. There is... It it has a rising second act. And then however much more time as he needs to cover several other arcs that don't come together. Like, right. it is. It's nothing. Yeah. It's it's just a bunch of stuff for two and a half hours. Yes.
2: And fortunately, I, I thought that 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 Interstellar movie ended up just being a bunch of stuff for two and a half hours. For what it's worth,
1: I did not see Interstellar. Okay. I don't yeah. know. Well,
2: it it, it 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 suffered from the too many acts that don't actually go together. There was some cool concepts in there. If you would have picked one of them and made a movie, that's fine. He stuck, like, basically, there's four or five just completely separate ideas kind of strung together in a space movie.
1: Come back to us, Nolan. You can do it.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, just don't, don't
0: shame well, Yeah. Well, I think one of the good things though is that when I was l- looking him up, he's doing an actual movie about a, a historical event. He's doing a, a movie about Dunkirk.
2: Oh, yes, he is he is doing his war movie, his yeah. next one. Excellent. Well, you know, cuz everyone's got to have their war movie.
0: Well, and I think that this will kind of tether him to, a, you know, to a format. You know, I think this I think cuz this might be where he's kind of, you know, a, I think might do his best work to where he can perhaps do a spin on a war movie that we've maybe not seen before. So, hopefully, he's kind of, um, you know, kind of reining himself in a little bit, and uh, we'll be able to see something hopefully come together here. But once again, um, I'm going to be seeing that movie in the first week it's released. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, for all the frustration I feel about this, I am am, am hopeful and positive about what kind
1: of movies he'll be making in the future. So, he's got, he's got me. I mean, I'm in. All right. Until
2: Sounds next good. time.
1: Yeah. It's going to do it for the movie crew. Uh, again, to... Uh, reiterate to those of you who only listen to the consumption log i don't have any idea who you are but thank you for joining us patiently every other week for these these will now be part of the machination log and they will be called movie crew review dot 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 number and then the movie so they will still be identifiable if you don't want to listen to anything else yeah uh you can do that at your leisure thanks for listening guys but that's gonna do it